0: The number one financial destination Yahoo! Finance.com.
1: What's good, internet? It's Friday, April 10th, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 305. I'm your host, Austin Walker. I'm joined today once again by a uh, victorious, uh, beaten the disease, Gita Jackson. <laughs> Hello. Hi. How are you doing, Gita? No longer
2: ill and feel amazing.
1: <laughs> good. Uh, also with us, Ricardo Contreras. How are you doing, Kata?
3: Good. Well, well, okay. All right. Better than yesterday.
1: Okay, yeah, well, yes, yes, <laughs> we'll get to that, uh also joining us, Rob Zachney, who I believe last I saw was deep in the trenches on Twitter,
4: uh fighting
1: people with bad takes.
4: Look, I just enjoy having liberals try to call my manager
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: I am uh, the manager <laughs> come get it um you
1: wanna do we wanna take take a put ten minutes on the clock, do you want to do, do our politics update? I'll do it. I'm going to I'm going to put 10 minutes on. Yeah, the Yeah, let's, let's tear
4: this bandaid off. Let's just do it.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Rob, you're the one who's who has been deepest in these minds, uh, as you just suggested. Um, <laughs> do you want to do you want to dig in? We, we have 10 minutes on the clock starting uh, now.
4: No, I mean, like my position has been pretty simple. And like I've said this for months, like Joe Biden was the candidate. I was not sure I would be able to motivate myself to vote for come November That remains the case, and there are a lot of folks who find that morally abhorrent and disgusting, and think pointing out fairly obvious things is going to change my mind. As if I haven't occurred—that hasn't occurred to me. Uh, But the issue is—you've been a
1: really savvy political thinker up until this one thing, Rob. Now you've suddenly stopped. Holy shit!
4: There's a Supreme Court,
1: and (laughs) they get
4: lifetime appointments. RBG is how old? uh so i mean i think the there's a few issues here uh one is that i'm not saying i'm voting for trump that would absolutely not happen uh the question is whether i whether i actually vote for biden or whether i think a biden presidency could actually be more destructive to the things that i care about uh than a biden defeat right now uh my suspicion is that Trump is in generally, in general, a weakening president. Um, I don't think, you know, we're in the early stages of this, uh, COVID disaster and it's possible that because of the sort of creeping authoritarianism of the Republican party, uh, they are going to, they will continue the work of trying to make free and fair elections in this country difficult, uh, if not impossible. Uh, I do kind of worry about an ineffective Biden presidency basically teeing up the next Trump.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh,
4: This has been the concern for me for a while in in a lot of ways. I think we've seen across the board the reward for little as possible center-left governance has been the rise of a reactionary right. And this is not just a U.S. phenomenon. This is everywhere. Uh, and so at some point you have to break that pattern. And I think Biden is very consciously of a piece with that pattern. That is in fact, the sales pitch is that he's going to restore the Obama years. He's going to heal the soul of the country, but he's going to do that by the sort of cautious incrementalism that we've seen from center left parties, uh, for the last 10 years, if not more. And so, I do have misgivings about whether a Biden victory is actually a victory in the long term or whether that sets up a, recur- a, a recurring crisis uh, and, in fact, a worse one when the fundamentals are, are more against us
1: yeah totally i I think it's probably worth worth noting here too that there there is um the other thing that we can say pretty strongly about center uh Democratic policies is w- we're seeing them play out in real time in a sense yes yeah. um there was not there was a moment there was a political opportunity for which we could have pushed for. A uh, universal coverage for 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 real, um, you know, a uh, mm-hmm. universal health care for single payer um, for some other system other than a a, a marketplace administered by the government, um, uh, uh, and instead what we got was the marketplace. And now, in the middle of a healthcare crisis, we've seen what that one it was a it was a marketplace that could be attacked and is still being attacked further, um, uh, pretty pretty uh, handedly by by the right. The second they got control again, um, uh, partially because it didn't become a way of a way of life. Right, so many people still get healthcare through their employers and not through the Affordable Care. Uh, uh, marketplace. And so because of that, it's something that that you don't necessarily have the political will to defend. Um, It becomes really hard to to raise the sort of support to protect it. Um, But also, it it would fail this situation. It has failed this situation. Um, we need uh, Medicare for All. We need a single-payer option. We need something. I, I would prefer Medicare for All, but the fact that the vast majority of people are uninsured – not the vast majority of people, but there are so many people who are uninsured in this country um, means that a crisis like this is, is felt that much harder, and it's felt across uh, you know, marginalized lines most of all. Um, and so in some ways, it makes the Biden pitch – this moment makes the Biden pitch that much worse. For me, the thing I keep coming back around is is to try to push the conversation where I have this conversation away from individual, um, individual choice around the Biden, what Biden will do, or whether or not I will vote for Biden or not. I live in New York. New York is going to go blue. It would be a, it, yeah. if New York goes red, then we've lost the presidency, no matter what. <laughs> like there is no <laughs> win, right? Um, um, then we're we're seeing some Reagan shit happen, uh, which I don't, which I don't expect, um, and and I don't want to get into my I don't want to get into my doom and gloom around thinking that Trump might win here. But what I do want to talk about is try to reframe that conversation around um, whether or not I will vote for for Biden, and instead say unequivocally, right now there are lots of people who will not vote for Biden. Um, And I don't just mean Bernie supporters or leftists. I mean there are lots of people who will not vote for Biden who would have potentially voted for Bernie or for another Democratic candidate. Like I'm not – I don't have complete blinders on here. I think I think a Kamala Harris moves more people to the polls than Joe (laughs) Biden does. And I don't like Kamala Harris at fucking all. Um, And I suspect that he will try to – he will try to like – get uh some support by picking a, a VP like Harris. Um uh but but I, I think what, what the center needs to understand is that the people who were going to show up to vote for a Bernie, even some of whom would have voted for a Warren, may not show up for Biden because they have they feel so disinterested by what is at the table, what options are available to them. Um, even- they are also swing voters, in the, just that they swing between not voting and voting <laughs> instead of swinging between re- voting Republican and voting Democrat. Um, and what I need – what I'm curious to see is whether or not there will be a, a larger adoption of progressive leftist values – even in name by the Biden campaign. Right now what I see is a lot of empty words. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've seen is him adopting, you know, a couple of plans from Warren and Sanders that are fine but are not the prospectus. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the you need to bring vision in along with policy. You need to make it clear that you know Biden said in his statement after Bernie dropped out, which is the kind of frame by the way for this whole conversation that we haven't actually explicitly said is that bernie bernie uh, uh, suspended his campaign did mm-hmm. not did not drop out of the race, suspended his campaign is still collecting votes, is still collecting delegates so that he can have a larger sway um at the convention at what will probably be a virtual convention at this point, by yeah. which I really mean. I I don't know what that's gonna look like. I don't I'm suspicious of it. Uh but 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 I wanna see the I, I'm curious to see if if Biden does more than what he kind of says in that in that um or, or commits to kind of what he said in that in that statement, which was basically like, wow, Bernie Sanders and Co. really did, did they their issues, they everyone talks about them. We're all committed to the same issues. It's just that we think we have to go different paths to get there. It's like motherfucker, you are mm-hmm. not committed to free college. <laughs> You're not. Like you can't yeah. convince me that Joe Biden thinks that everyone should have free college. It's never been a thing he said.
2: he explicitly said that he would veto Medicare for All even if it was passed by the House and the Senate. So we can't pretend that this is a person that's actually going to commit themselves to progressive policies. He's made it very, very clear that he does not give a single shit about them. So we're left wondering what it is that he will do to court our votes. And the answer will, of course, be nothing, which is what the DNC has always done with the progressive left. They've done absolutely nothing. (laughs) So it's just going to be Trump again. And we have to just start to put... Our energies elsewhere. Like I've immediately started to dig into like mutual aid groups in the neighborhood that I live in in Brooklyn, because I need to put my political energy somewhere else other than electoralism. Because this shit's just not going to work out my way, which sucks ass. But I can't. That doesn't mean that people still don't need help, and that there aren't ways that I can help them.
4: Well, the the other thing is uh, like my suspicion is. I think Biden in an ordinary election probably would have lost. Uh, I don't think we're going to have an ordinary election in November. I think there's a very good chance that this, uh, the combination of the fumbling of COVID and the ensuing economic fallout uh, will be devastating to the incumbent, as these things usually are. This is a pretty strong pattern in American politics. But one of the things that I've observed just following politics throughout my life is that Democrats wins, the ones they tend to point to as justifying their pragmatism, uh, the ones they point to as saying we know what we're doing, uh, this, is how, this is how elections work in this country. Uh, Democrats win when the temperature in the pot is so intense that the frog suddenly jumps out. Uh you know when when you look at the 2006 election that basically ended uh the the Bush era the reason 2006 went the way it did is because Iraq finally went so catastrophically wrong that it was undeniable that the invasion had been uh a complete debacle and not only not only immoral but was also just ineptly handled and had sailed completely off the rails. The other thing that happened prior to the 2006 election was Hurricane Katrina. Right. If the democratic formula for victory is that, well, eventually the guys we keep losing to will fuck up so badly that tons of people will die and American cities will be devastated and then we'll sweep in and return things to normal. That's a pretty bad that's – a, that's a bad strategy. Uh, because it, it's it, – it, there's no proactive element to it, right? There's just – we're going to sit around waiting for people to suffer, and then we will swoop in and not help them. We'll just reap the benefits of their suffering. I, uh, yeah. I, 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 am, I am
1: concerned
4: that this is a different
1: moment for a couple of reasons. Yeah. Um, one is that I think the GOP is different. Um, I think we've seen a maturation of what was an insurgent tea party um uh you know party um become rooted in the can- in 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 the uh party in a way that gives a sort of intensity and um zealotry to the, the a, a large part of that base that, that will not defect i think that the kind of uh consent machine is well honed in, in a way that 2006 fox news had not quite even hit yet um uh and most importantly i think that this moment is different than katrina you can see it um katrina you can see new orleans was a disaster for a long time um you know this is this is uh new orleans is not a brutalist town but the response to katrina is a brutalist response you see the truth of the situation um the 1918 flu epidemic was hidden in america Um, numbers are abstract. People will lose their family members, and they will remember that. But it's so easy to imagine a world in which the right wing is able to produce a narrative in which this is not as bad as the left says it is, the left, (laughs) this is not as bad as the Democrats say it is, uh, because the Democrats will, well, here's the other half of this, uh, is I'm not convinced the Democrats have it in them to get on stage and say – and get on camera and say, this motherfucker killed people. This guy killed people. Um, I, I need to see that fire because right now they are understandably focused on disaster relief, on pushing for policies, some of which are good, some of which are trash. <laughs> well, it's not, but so, I, yeah, hold but they on. Need, they need to have the theater. They need to be able to bring that to bear. And I'm not convinced that the current Democratic – now maybe that ends up being the VP's job. Because I cannot imagine Biden effectively making a moralist case against Trump and holding him to account in that way. But maybe this is a Kamala Harris job to be the the person who is like swinging the words justice around as if she hadn't been mishandling them her whole career. But but maybe it, but without that aspect of it, and with a, a very nuanced um, kind of uh, a consent machine in the in the. In the place of Fox News, it's so easy for me to imagine so many Trump supporters, the kind of the diehards buying the lies, which they're going to do no matter what anyway, and I yeah. know we can just count them out. And then more importantly, the, the folks who maybe are, are, are currently disenfranchised, or not disenfranchised, but disillusioned of the Trump presidency, thinking, you know what? I actually think he might weather this, and then we get the Supreme Court. <laughs> we get the yeah. Supreme Court for a generation. Um, and that is terrifying to me. Um, and and this is not my case to vote for Biden necessarily. This is me just saying. I think I don't know that the, there will be enough people coming from the right over to the left, or coming from the center right to the center left, to vote for Biden for his strategy to be appealing to the center in this in this election.
2: Yeah, so that was know. essentially Hillary Clinton's strategy in 2016, right? And that didn't work for her either. Like there aren't. I don't really think that there are. Like the base is so mobilized for the, GO- the GOP, like throughout this entire time when the primary was happening, when they were actually you know, campaigning, Trump was out having rallies. And he was raising a ridiculous yeah. amount of money and he was doing very well. I mean, he was, you know, sweeping his own primary at the same time. And I just those people are all going to vote. And, like, I don't know if, like, there's anything Biden can do to mobilize people to vote in the same way. And, like, that is the real battle that's being fought there, right? It's, like, getting people uh, out of the house, vote in the general.
1: Kata,
3: go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to... Also,
1: I put, I put another 10 on the clock. I will probably put more on after this. We, we have a lot to unpack. It's been a minute. Kata, go Look, ahead.
3: I just also want to touch on, touch on that point of, like, getting people out to vote. There seems to be this weird rhetoric going around about uh, people... People saying that in this primary, Biden got the votes and I don't and like saying this this thing about Bernie where he didn't get the votes in the primary, so why would we <laughs> expect he would get votes in the general? As if those two demographics are anywhere alike. Like there yeah. are so mean so many people who are like technically registered but would never vote in a primary because they're just not that politically active because they don't think it's necessary or because they don't think their vote even fucking matters right like the the thing that like to gita's point the thing that needs to be needed to be done is to get someone who is exciting and invigorating enough to as many people as possible that this wave of like support comes up from people who wouldn't have voted in the primary at all right um yeah and the the it just seems ridiculous that this like, well, how is he gonna get? How would he have gotten like this whole like the primary and the general are like one to like ana- an an um, what's the word I'm looking for? Na- analogous, no, analogous, maybe, analogous yeah, yeah, probably. Um, that they're somehow like uh um what's uh predictor like the the primary is a predictor for for general the general is like ridiculous, yeah.
1: I will say one strategy I I am curious to see if it gets used here. This is like when I think about ways that Biden could mobilize enough people and get people excited to vote for him. Um, part of it is like actually wielding the hammer against Trump in the way that I would like to see the Democrats do, and which again is often a VP nominations nominee's job uh, mm-hmm. is to is to say the the quiet part loud and aggressively, um, but. Um, one, I think, I think Biden's VP will be in a unique situation, partially due to his age, uh, partially due to his on-stage, on-camera performance, and partially due to the fact that he has said early in his campaign he committed to his aides that he would be running for a single term, um, which puts his VP in a unique position. But also, uh, I, I think one strategy that I I expect him to see a little bit um, is a is to Co opt is a strong word, um, but potentially co opt uh, some, some more Warren and Sanders policies and dress them up like they're theirs. Um, I think we'll see, I suspect we'll see a Biden plan for healthcare that that maybe that's a single payer option. It's not Medicare for all. Um, maybe that's a, you know, that that's a, a or sorry, a public option, not a single uh, payer yeah. option, a public <laughs> option. Um, not a not a uh, not medicare for all um but but I suspect that we 'll see stuff like that and and kind of the case that that i 've seen folks make around this style of 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 policy play is that when you look at the results from the primaries when you look at the results from specifically the you know the the um, the exit polling data. You see people who are ready for policy change, but who maybe are more comfortable with a known quantity like Joe Biden, who represents the democratic party's core and I can imagine him being willing to be a vector for a sanded down version of certain progressive policies that will kind of recoup the the lingering Elizabeth Warren voter and kind of the edge case you know Bernie Sanders supporter who is here for Sanders' policies, um, but but not necessarily for a larger movement. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. But, I, but I, I, I'm curious to see if that happens too.
4: Austin, you, you said something a few minutes ago though, about the Democratic Party being focused on disaster relief. Yeah, I'm not well, sure that's true. Yeah, you're totally like, right. Because this is, this <laughs> they're, is the they're other... focused on – They're focused on talking about it, uh. but they're not – Yes, but you're
1: right. Absolutely.
4: This is the other aspect of why I am – Maybe like, like why I am unmoved right now and why I'm sort of like why I'm why I'm basically saying, listen, at this point, you now have a job of like. For me, at least, and maybe there's people like me, but maybe there's not like Bernie did lose pretty, pretty handily in this primary. So, you know, what do what do I know? Uh, But for people like me, I think this this primary has created a problem or it's exacerbated one, uh, which is that I do not see myself. I do not see any real benefits from Democratic victories, except in the negative. Oh, well we'll, well, we'll stop the Republicans doing this for two years, for four years. Um, but we'll stop Ella. Uh, we, will, <laughs> we will bring Ella to justice. Now, uh,
2: He's chewing on all the cables near my computer. I'm so sorry. She does need to be brought to justice.
4: Wow. Do, do they make, like, deterrent spray for cats? Yes. Yeah, they do.
2: I just didn't spray yeah. it yet today because I crawled mm-hmm. out of bed and immediately got on the computer to oh. podcast. That's well, right.
4: we, we ran out ages ago. Uh, our our <laughs> MENA repellent uh, supplies were exhausted early in this crisis. Uh, and so we've just been frantically like swooping across the apartment trying to peel her off of uh, various cables and chargers. But but no, so I think like where, where I'm at right now is – in a crisis, what the Democratic Party and the Democratic leadership sprang into action to do was, by and large, rush large amounts of cash into the finance sector. Um, and yeah, yes, the same
2: exact shit they did during the financial crisis in 2008, which helped fucking no one, <laughs> except the banks. <laughs> right,
4: exact, exactly. And and so I think this this does go beyond Biden in some ways, which is that this is a party that likes to make a show of – Like there's always a crisis. Their their self-justifying position is that it's always too important to sit this out. Uh, We have to act now because the stakes, if we do not, are that these awful, unspeakable things will happen. But then when the crisis actually arrives, what you see the Democrats generally do is not function as an opposition. They actually do not seem to throw up many roadblocks at all to the GOP pursuing its agenda – And instead they work very quickly to facilitate uh, really interesting aspects of that agenda, right? And one of those was the Senate voting unanimously to pass a uh, coronavirus relief bill uh, that seemed to relieve the pressure on the industries really least affected by this. Uh, And this week we've seen like the Small Business Administration is predictably completely overwhelmed Uh, by the number of requests they're getting for aid from small businesses uh, that need relief getting through this crisis. But if you are a large cap uh, firm, especially if you're a finance firm, you have limitless access to cheap and easy credit right now. And that was brought to you by a unanimous Democratic vote, voting with the Republicans. Uh, And the Democrats did like receive really no meaningful concessions uh, in exchange for that. And so I think the the other, the other part of this for me is I actually am deeply concerned about the direction of the country and the direction of the GOP uh, moving in sort of a corporate authoritarian direction. But if the crisis really is here, then I would expect that urgency to be reflected by democratic leadership. You know, I don't need – like right now there's a lot of liberals who are very quick to play the role of um, – you know minority whip on you <laughs> if 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 uh they if they sense that you're you're not enthusiastic enough about supporting uh whoever the democrats are, are are putting up for the general but if you look at what the democratic leadership is doing you don't see that urgency you don't see that commitment to oppositional politics you don't even see a commitment to really doing politics and so that's the other thing is i'm looking at like from now until november and i'm sitting here being like Show me something, yeah. like give me any reason to believe that supporting you will provide meaningful pushback to these trends that genuinely terrify me
1: I feel you um yeah i i I guess the, the last thing I want to wrap back around to here um is something that Gita touched on um and something that I said on Twitter, which is that if you felt energized by the Sanders campaign. Um, you know, by by the kind of uh, ability to feel like you were, you know, part of something bigger, working towards a goal. The thing that I encourage you to do is to do the legwork, do the research, find something local to get involved with. Um, that can that can be a, a a candidate that you that you respect a great deal and whose whose policies are are you know in line with yours, but it can also be. You know, like Gita said, a mutual aid program during, especially during the the kind of COVID nineteen outbreak, uh, it can be uh, a smaller scale political organization. Uh, it could be uh, a pr- a particular activist group that focuses on an issue you care about, like prison reform uh, or climate change. Like these these groups exist, um, and it and they are imperfect. As oh, someone are who, they ever? Uh, has been through that. I know, Rob, you've also been going through it to some degree currently. Um, but that is partly why they need your energy right um because when they are left to only the people who care the most there's not enough people to go around um and in a moment like this there's a lot of political energy where y- you could redirect that energy into something local and I promise you will actually see some changes locally quicker than you will see national change from backing a, a larger political uh, organization or a, or a a a, uh, a specific candidate like you can change your hometown in a, in a few years, in, in substantial ways, um, you know, your voice, at, you know, at the city council meeting, where you were talking about what policy should be for homelessness is not something that will be you will be heard in that in that capacity, people might not like what you say, but some people might be convinced. Um, and, and you can build uh, those relationships uh, locally in a way that you cannot nationally, I, I need people to if they feel that gap in their in their hearts to look into this because this is how you win this is how you win in the long run right this is how i win <laughs> <laughs> i get everyone to join their yep. local you know local branch um i think gita blue screened yeah <laughs> uh
4: i think ella ella silenced her
1: ella wow. said no oh. more politics talk you went over God. your tent ella
4: <laughs> <laughs> um
1: uh we can keep talking about this i'm not yeah. trying to stop well, this I, mean, I will say in terms of that local
4: politics <laughs> stuff too um yeah, do you want to well, talk I just about obviously your experience matters. at all? No, I mean, I I, I don't. I will, ju- I will just say, like, a lot of local groups, um, for one thing, they're dominated by older, well-to-do people uh-huh. uh, because those are the folks who have the time and, and leisure to get involved with, with stuff like that, which means you're automatically, like, you are going to be confronting uh, some of the same gaps that have already frustrated us with the primary election, right? There's right. a lot of people who are... Uh, very, there are a lot of people who think that having been alive during the 60s means they get to be smug about its progressive victories. Uh, and you will, you will absolutely encounter, uh, people who cite having come up in the civil rights movement, uh, to justify why they should, you know, why they should be in charge of this or that committee or something (laughs) like that. And I'm like, motherfucker, you would have been like eight. (laughs) you didn't didn't come up during shit uh Uh, but i think those groups do need younger folks and they do need more representative uh folks from their communities and in people in local progressive groups can be frustrating because it can be a sort of self-selecting group and they can be a little bit out of touch but to their credit a lot of them do know that right they're not they're not They're not oblivious to the fact that they're not representative. They're not oblivious to the fact that they struggle to speak to their broader community. Um, They're just not sure how to bridge that gap. And I think one issue that I see a lot is that there are – there's a patchwork of different groups working toward the same ends, but all serving different demographic groups of a geographic community. But demographically, they're all speaking to different subsets of it. And those groups are really bad at talking to each other or even fully being aware that they're out there. Um, And I don't know. I don't know how to solve that. Those groups serve really specific communities for good reasons. Uh, But at the same time, there is some power and strength in consolidation uh, and that is something that I observe being a tension, uh, you know, the, the, the tension between having a group that really advocates for your people, you, like the folks in your immediate community, uh, you know, in your specific neighborhood versus the fact that probably more would get done if groups doing similar work across Eight different neighborhoods yeah. work together in yeah. one as one as one block, um, but that is and i don't even, I'm not even sure necessarily those disagreements are real. it is that they just genuinely don't speak to each other much and they certainly don't consider consolidation uh, which yeah. i find is an interesting dynamic i find
1: totally i I feel like this is like the the for me this is like the motivator for why folks in our generation have to get more involved. Um, is because I think that there is uh, don't love generational talk generally, but there is a gener- there is a generational divide in thinking about community as being something either local or. Um, being based on affinity um, being based on uh, a likeness in terms of uh, impulse in terms of aesthetic in terms of goal um, and so I suspect that if if a lot of these groups get an injection of younger folks, there is a greater chance than than the kind of uh, old guard than with the old guard to build those bridges to other to other uh, similar groups that are acting in the same General d- direction because it's what we do all the time anyway. You know, we are we are constantly networking in the in uh, in the virtual space and in the internet on online, uh, as they say. Uh, and and so I I would suspect that's another big bonus for getting some younger folks in the mix in those places.
4: But I, I think it's it's genuinely tough because the thing is, I'm getting more involved in this right now because a few things have changed my career is knock on wood extremely hard right now uh, my career has been has been stable of late uh, for the first time I- in my life whether it's going to be stable in the future I don't know man the economy is melting down in unprecedented fashion uh, but it's been stable of late uh, I've lived in the same place for like three years in a row, which is kind of an unprecedented streak for me. Uh, And that's freed up the bandwidth to get involved with stuff like this. But when I think about, you know, where I was at five, six, seven years ago, it's not that I wanted to become involved any less. It's that literally I just didn't have the resources and bandwidth to take time to do that. This stuff takes an incredible amount of time. Uh, And I think a thing that, you will have thrown at younger progressives pretty eagerly is that they don't show up, they don't participate, they don't they don't put in the work to move the agenda in these groups. Yeah. Well, a lot of these groups are set up for to serve the interests of a non-transient population of people who like are state like. Gen- generally homeowners, right? right? People who are going to be living in the same place for 10, 15 years, not not changing neighborhoods, changing apartments as rent changes in the area every every two or three years. Uh, and they don't have to scramble to come up with their rent or mortgage money every month, right? Like getting groceries and paying for shelter is not the – Thing That occupies their thoughts from the moment their feet hit the floor in the morning. Uh, if that is your reality, boy, it sure is tough to feel good about like the two hour meeting trying to figure out like what very small actions your local group is going to take part in. Uh, and I totally understand why <laughs> a lot of younger folks uh, of more limited means and of more, frankly, demanding occupations have difficulty buying in uh to to these to these processes uh there there is an upfront cost that is tough to pay even if you found it worthwhile i
1: also think uh you know i've definitely seen some folks right now specifically saying that like hey we were i was part of uh you know some sort of mutual aid group or uh you know some sort of action group uh locally and they're having a hard time adjusting to COVID 19 um and that is uh uh I, you know, my heart goes out to the folks trying to figure out how to make it work so that they can do good work right now. It's hard to it's hard to know. Um, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to add? No, uh, no, I was just.
4: Uh, go on, because I have a different thought. No, you go ahead. I want to. Well, the, speaking of like local politics, though, I think the other thing that has really been driven home <sighs> of late is that. Uh, again, in terms of the voting blue thing it does kind of feel like a lot of local governments that are dominated by Democrats have, some of them have really spectacularly dropped the ball uh, during this. And that is a thing that is worth reckoning with, right? Is is that it is, it's been clear there's been irresponsibility at the very top of the federal response. But I look at the scope of the tragedy in New York and how bad, how uniquely bad it seems within the United States right now. And it is tough not to think about the cavalier way that, uh, mayor de Blasio approached this crisis and the really complacent way Andrew Cuomo has governed the state of New York, uh, for, for a number of years. Right? Like there was, there was table setting for this, uh, that I think liberals are sometimes a little bit oblivious to. Um, and then when the crisis arrives, you see a little bit more rallying around blue leadership uh but it's worth examining how we got to this moment uh on the local level as well
1: well and and i think one of the things that i think is hopefully hopefully will shake out in the long run but who knows um is the ways in which um the the ways in which other options were available um i think you'll see this in terms of looking at the discrepancy of how different cities and states reacted to COVID-19, um, with some taking it more seriously than others, um, and and others having mayors who go to the why. Um uh, and and uh, and and you know for that matter and this here here we're specifically talking about Democrat mayors, right? But uh you know for that matter, let's talk about uh we we there are absolutely and I hope that these folks are held accountable too uh places where you know governors refuse to close beaches where where mayors refuse to close beaches. I suspect we'll see uh, I suspect it will be a little unpredictable because it's not clear who in which communities will have been the person who was speaking truth to power in the right moment um uh who was taking shit seriously though i I do suspect it will not be the dude from Florida who said his son found a cure on the internet. And the cure was like deer repellent or whatever the fuck. Did you see that clip? No. Oh my god, it's, that's
4: extraordinary.
1: It's so good. It's it's just unbelievable. I need to find. I, I need to. I'll look up the thing. It wasn't repellent. It was something else. It was um uh. God, I forget what it was. Uh, but it was some local. I actually think it was it was a state level politician, not a local politician um uh but but I will link you that clip afterwards. I don't even know what to search for right now i i think it's
4: i think i'll I'll just dig through an old chat and see if I can find it there um, Well, this is another case for why like local media is so uh, important and why it's never been more precarious too yes. that's the, that's another aspect of this, which is how devastating this crisis has been okay for it was it was media
1: it was a county commissioner. Uh, Who first
4: <laughs>
1: Oh, this is what's happening This is why you have to get involved in local politics uh-huh. This motherfucker has a position uh, First, the first clip is him um, Saying that the, you could kill coronavirus By holding a blow dryer up your nose Motherfuck. Um, Because he's, and he saw that what of course fuck? On the One America News Network the secret super right wing. Uh, I say secret, except it's an extremely successful news network uh, for for folks who think that Fox News is a little too diluted. They, I think you stepped on Fox <laughs> News a little too much. I need give it to me wrong. Give me that one American news network. Um, and the second, the second uh, thing he comes to the table with was that his son discovered a cure that's called nano ozone vapor, which is a device hunters use to mask their scent from deer. Uh, and he's convinced that this is it. This is the thing that's going to save everyone. Uh, and these motherfuckers are the folks who locally are in positions to make power, to make decisions around things like uh, whether or not there should be a rent freeze, or whether or not, uh, you know, what sort of resources should be available for small businesses in town. Um, one of the reasons why even just getting involved in local government and like holding these people to, to, to account uh, is important is because it, it, it helps make sure that the people who are in place when a crisis hits are not the people telling you to go online and buy deer, you know, deer masking spray
4: to protect you from the virus. If you uh, stay upwind of, of COVID, <laughs> fuck. well, to be fair, being upwind of COVID uh, would would actually probably help out if only you knew where upwind of COVID was. God, uh, God that's in, like that's incredible. There are two. Can a,
1: I oh, go ahead, Kata.
3: Just up. like I feel like this is a thing that shouldn't need to be said, but like labels mean shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Fucking someone says Democrat, what the fuck does that mean anymore? Like it doesn't mean shit. So fucking just. I don't know. Like, if you know people who vote on party lines for that reason, like, make them take a second look at policy. You know, <laughs> like, you gotta try to you get gotta take word out. a little bite of that coin, <laughs> like, bite <laughs> I mean, that coin, yeah. see if it. Uh-huh. Yeah. God. God. Gita, oh, I
4: thought Gita was back. No. No, Gita, no, Gita was back, and I think we might have a bigger problem Uh-oh. than just. uh, Gita came back, and now Gita is not back. Yeah, and, I, I'm. Uh, I'm
3: chatting with her. We're working it out. It, okay. It's we're gonna make it happen. I, I Ella think. Ella
1: really, really <laughs> out here causing causing a, a problem.
4: Look, Ella just needs to, just needs to silence Burning Sphere Media, yeah, and <laughs> oh. bring the party back together.
1: Don't do, don't do Ella like that. You know, <laughs> no. Ella is way better than than Matt Iglesias. Come, Iglesias, come on, please, please. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Rob? We can't a, go down when this route.
4: When a brooding appears on the screen, Ella's <laughs> just like.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, we can't go down the route of talking about fucking Twitter. But Austin and
4: I invested time trying to figure out what the fuck was happening with Iglesias' account today, so now I want to make jokes about it. Well, Because okay, what I
1: is, woke is up happening this morning? Okay, can I was back. Can you set up? Can you? Okay. We're off the rails anyway. Gee is not back yet. We're not allowed to talk about <laughs> <doesn't> video games. <laughs> How, okay. oh, fuck. Where do you begin Where do you begin to introduce someone To Matthew Iglesias
4: Well see here's the thing I kind of like the guy sometimes Okay <laughs> Why Because sometimes there's good takes yeah, Of
1: course there, but that's not a reason to like someone That's a reason to like their takes sometimes Well
3: yeah <laughs> sometimes those takes are okay But takes are what he
1: does Yeah, but that is is what what else does does Matt
3: Iglesias
4: do?
1: So, what did you find from your deep dive into (laughs) Matt
4: Iglesias's? Uh, So, it appeared like so yesterday, Glacius reached the conclusion that the real problem uh, facing Biden right now is that Bernie Sphere Media. Which includes Chapo, Jacobin, and the Brunigs, which is two people. By the way, that's, that's just two people that Iglesias seems
1: to argue with. Say, with hey, wait a Twitter. second, Rob. They have a Patreon.
4: So why? It's just it's just people. Uh, so, so there's a there's a married couple that Iglesias gets owned by apparently. <laughs> And this is a problem for Biden because Bernie can't control these folks. Even yeah. if Bernie says, I like Joe Biden, uh, he and I are cool, I totally support his election, Bernie's Sphere media uh, hates the guy, doesn't trust him, and is going to continue exacerbating this rift that's opened up in the Democratic Party. Which was a really specific take. Uh in part because of the the Brunig's reference. Uh-huh. Uh but it did seem to be more about the way that maybe Iglesias has interacted with people he identifies as Burning Sphere Media rather than being an actual political dynamic at work in the country. Like I there's an I think there's an element of this. Like, yeah, the far left is skeptical of Biden, but I don't think that's just that's not paranoid Bernie sphere like fantasy. That is, there there is an actual substantive reservation about what good uh, Biden and the Democrats give you. Yeah. But Iglesias, since yesterday, has been sort of pursuing this take and has started rting things that prove uh, he is correct, which appears to be finding people who are being mean to you, screen capping it, and being like, "See, see, this is what I mean." Um, and if you're – and if you're just seeing that in your timeline, divorced of context, which is how Twitter beef always appears to people who are outside of it, it just looks absurd um, and really – Yeah, good.
1: the people listening to us right now must be thinking that we have lost our, our minds talking about uh, uh, this Twitter beef. But I promise, I promise you it was fun to watch happen and also infuriating as as, as many things – uh, that Matt Iglesias has have said in the past uh, have been. so, And so what I'm going to do is remind everyone of the terrible Matt Iglesias piece from only seven years ago that has the, <laughs> the slate piece with the headline. Oh, is it dif- the
4: safety standards?
1: Different places have different safety rules, and that's okay. Uh, and it's a bad blog. It was an age of blogs, and it was an age of... Of folks with a lot of privilege saying it's okay that Bangladesh doesn't protect its workers, actually, because it's it's over. Listen, the rules just aren't
4: appropriate here. You know, well, but this like that is so. We're representative. more risk averse. That is so representative, though, of the yes. entire dynamic of neoliberalism at the time. Like I remember, God, I think it was like Nicholas Kristoff talking about <laughs> it might seem to be bad to you that a young woman in like it was like Vietnam or Cambodia at the time, spends 10 hours a day picking through a landfill, trying to find things she can salvage uh, for a recycling job. But he's like, but to her, that's a great job. That's She's incredible. making more doing. That's her life has changed in a positive way. Relative that's benefits dignity. for, yeah. Get the fuck and out of here. And th- it was, this was such a mainstream view at the time. And it's only in retrospect that like, well, it's, it's only become clear to most people now that this was always self-serving bullshit. Uh, but at the time, there were a lot of folks who, who were moved by that logic. Uh, it is good that American manufacturing is being devastated and work, wages are being depressed here because these folks over here are allowed to work in unsafe workplaces and <laughs> die in industrial accidents or uh, get slowly sickened uh, picking over a Superfund site if Superfund were a thing. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, this American mythology of the freedom of choice is, is so disturbing. And I think is I, I. the only thing COVID's done that could even be possibly construed as positive in the broadest possible terms is reveal to everyone exactly how fucked our systems are. And part of this is the American obsession with the idea that having the choice to do things makes whatever you choose better. Because you chose it. Well, you could choose to go to the park right now with like a whole bunch of friends. (laughs) And you know what? That would be a bad fucking choice. And maybe you should not choose that.
1: (laughs) Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe there should be some regulations in place to prevent bad actors from making that choice.
4: But what if your landlord is demanding money from you so that you and your friends have to go to a place to all congregate together to provide... Like, uh, to restock uh, a store, for instance, for yeah. other workers in a similar boat to That's show up. That's okay,
3: because you made it a choice to get into a rental yeah. agreement with yeah. your landlord. That's, yeah, that was exactly. a choice. Yeah, choice. Exactly.
2: Exactly. That was a choice you had. You definitely had a choice. Right? Uh-huh. There also, was totally
3: Ross, another option somewhere. Why don't you
1: just pay yeah. someone to do the dangerous thing while you're safe in the home that you own? That's obviously <laughs> the reasonable choice.
2: Come on. Christ. Oh, God. Fuck or that thing, here. you know, there's that H-Bomber guy video where he does the thing where he bursts through a wall to make a joke oh. and blah, blah, blah. But, like, yeah, Ben Shapiro is <laughs> saying. Sell them to who? Yeah. Yeah. So Ben Shapiro is saying, uh, oh, people affected by climate change can just choose to sell their houses. Like, who's fucking buying them? Who's <laughs> yeah, buying those yeah, houses, you idiot? like <laughs> Yeah. Well, that was
1: that is also the correct response to that Hillary Clinton tweet from last week about how badly we need healthcare marketplaces. I am... Excuse me. <laughs> did you not see
2: this? No. Yeah. No, I oh, did see bro. that. Where she said she said the choice is obvious. And the second sentence was we need to reopen the marketplace. It's like, no, bitch. Come on. <laughs>
1: We've that was the. Been so
2: long.
1: <laughs> yes, that was the that was the tweet to which that was a i'm not going to just i'm not just going to repeat a tweet i can't even remember i made so fuck it uh i thought it would be my top tweet for the for for the month but that's not the case because i made a tweet about john cena which became much more much more important unfortunately oh, yeah. of course uh obviously obviously um me i can't afford dinner hillary clinton we need more restaurants um <laughs> Yes. All right. Can we? Aww. We're out of the politics minute. I know that it lasted
4: forty minutes. <laughs> <but> <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> twenty minutes of that were Phil.
1: Twenty minutes of that were. F- you know what I want to prove? What I want to say really quick, Rob. We could uh, do an hour. Yeah. Put me on a stage <laughs> anywhere. I'll fill a fucking hour. We got it. I was, I was oh. doing a show. I was doing oh, a thing Pod
4: Save of, America impresses you people? Watch, <laughs> watch us hold it the fuck down. I did 30
1: minutes on yawning once. I was someone who I was doing a live show with or a live event with who had never done anything live before, and they were super nervous. Uh, which is understandable if you've never done anything like it before. It can be really like nervous, to be like I'm going to stand up in front of a hundred people or whatever. It was a, mm-hmm. more than that, even, and talk about whatever. And I was like, well, first of all, you're going to be talking about the shit you do. You're you guys do a podcast together. You're going to talk about that podcast. You're going to feel really um, excited about talking about the the workflow that you go through because you never get to talk about that to an interested audience. And you know, like shop talk is just fun. You'll you'll like it. But two, mm-hmm. I promise, we could hold it down for an hour. Watch. Give me any topic. And someone, was, someone yawned. And I was like, we're going to talk for 30 minutes right now entertainingly about yawning. And then we did it, and it, like, it was a really great <laughs> warm-up. Especially because I didn't know these people. We were about to do a show together, and secretly it was a good way for me to just like, get their cadence. Um, and it turns out, listen, listen, put a fucking microphone anywhere. I'll sell ice in the winter. I'll sell fire in hell. I'm a hustler, baby. I'll sell water <laughs> to a well. Like, that's, that's how it is. <clears throat> um... Video games? Can we talk about them? Can we talk about video games? I beat two video games yesterday.
0: Wow! Hot deal. two.
1: Yeah, Bernie lost, and I was like, I got to become a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie, Bernie <laughs> pulled out of the race, and I was like, 100. I got to drown my myself in in the beautiful what's up
3: <laughs> internal exile, baby. Hundred twenty thousand yes. people were watching that on Twitch, so you know that's true,
1: including me. <laughs> I was one of those true gamers, gamers hey. rise. i was I was seeing the credits to Animal Crossing while i while uh, Bernie oh. was was suspending the campaign. Um beautiful credit sequence yeah um,
2: it's really really so good
1: it's so good i'm very excited for the next phase of this i've laid down my paths like my animal crossing town has a has like a nice downtown area now getting ready for the the next kk slider performance excited saturday nights here we go um, you know the way
3: you know that fucking tom nook is a fake fan how that fucking the, the audio that he gives you of the quote-unquote concert is like is not even a kk version of that song
1: Oh, no. Yeah, that's it's not, just, no. And like, it's certainly what not what fuck? I expect what from a real fan, which is a concert bootleg. I think you right. should have been there with the backpack on. Absolutely. I've been to a Dave Matthews Band show, Nook. You should have had the backpack on. You should have had the whole audio set up, getting high-quality rips.
3: Look, he set up the fucking concert. He could have gotten oh, so the wait, rights to, and pause.
1: shit. Can we? Can I spoil Animal Crossing? Because <laughs> a- there's a minute in that sequence that is unbelievable
4: to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna yes, we should spoil I'm that. I'm
1: gonna spoil Animal. I'm gonna spoil the credit sequence of Animal Crossing. Uh so jump ahead by five minutes if you don't want to. Kato, can you put a timestamp yeah, yeah, in got, the got description? It. There'll be a timestamp in the description. So, early on in this game, uh, once you've gotten your, your island going, it becomes clear that the long term goal is to bring KK Slider here to do a concert. This is Tom Nook's dream. It's <laughs> to be KK. such a f- <laughs> It's to be so wealthy, so rich, so uh, so, so magna- magnanimous in his nature, and and to like you know so appealing to build a place so appealing that his fave will come play the guitar, um, which is actually a pretty good caricature of real billionaires. <laughs> um It's like and- Bobby Axelrod, but. <laughs> Uh, it, is, uh, it is. It is. It is one hundred percent. Like the only thing stopping him from being James Dolan is that is that uh, Tom Nook doesn't pick up the guitar. You know, um, the the thing that happens is that Tom Nook says, "Okay, we got to get enough people here. We got to make the island pretty enough. We got to put up enough fencing. We got to like make it look like you know there's a it's a happening spot and raise our Yelp rating, our island Yelp rating, high enough <laughs> that." someone famous like K.K. Slider will come. So you do all this shit. You invite more people, you build, you spend $10,000 per housing plot that that okay. then Tom Nook theoretically sells to somebody else and recoups that cost. Don't worry, you get it back in Nook Miles. <laughs> Fuck out of here. That's um, <laughs> not uh, even the correct
3: conversion of a thousand. It's not even the correct
1: conversion.
3: Uh-huh. They're fucking, uh, they're
1: selling. J- yeah, of course they are. Um uh you know, you 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 <laughs> make 10, things a little bit a thousand
2: bells and you get a thousand nook miles. A thousand That's nook dumped. miles.
1: Get the fucked. Up. Uh, <laughs> and there's you... a
2: cap there's a cap on how many lots you can sell too.
1: I is there really? Am I out yeah. now? I have I'm eight. out
2: now. Hmm. I, don't, okay. I don't I don't I've sold all my lots. Okay. I can't sell another lot.
1: I try So, so so you do all the shit, you get the, the stuff better, you talk to Isabel, Isabel's like, this is a one-star island, there's too many objects on the ground, and I'm like, yeah, Isabel, they're called turnips, they're, you can't. You don't <laughs> let me store them in my storage, <laughs> they gotta wait out here until I see an uptick somewhere, Whoa. and then put in the Dodo code from the random Twitter thread I saw, though now, the degree of sophistication yeah. that has happened on the turnip market is okay. through the roof. <laughs> it's uh, honestly
2: incredible. Algorithms.
1: There's no, the algorithm that that now has a, an accurate prediction on what your turnip swing will be. Yeah. Was it did that story go up on the site?
2: Yes. Uh, yeah. People and should even, go
1: check that out?
3: Even since that, they've added more things to that tool, like whether or not you bought uh, from your Daisy May for the first time also affects the the outcome. Oh, interesting. And what your what your pattern was the previous week also does. And they've added those things into the tool at this point as well. Incredible. amazing. Um, yeah.
1: There is, I'm going to shout out another wild thing. There is a now, <laughs> there is now like an escrow site. It's not really an escrow site. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a lie. It's not escrow. It's what? not, but I wanted to use a word that I think is fun sure. uh, to describe what it really is, which is it's a virtual line. You Player A says, hey, I have turnips at X good price. Uh I am going to let people in two at a time. And then player B, B through J or whatever, B through O, go to that site and say, hey – I want to. I want to sell my turnips at this person. What's the code? And then,
4: oh, no, dude, this is a dark pool. What you're describing. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Yes, of <laughs> course. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, that is exactly what it is. Uh, and then the the gates open. Uh, one of the time you get the code. You you have to wait, and it's it's very 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 funny. Um, anyway, my point is. I had to make. I had to pick up those turnips. I had to. It's called. By the way, it's called turn, Turnip Dot Exchange. Uh, um, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, keep that in mind. Uh, there are discords, or private discords that I know about. It's a, it's a whole thing. Um, the dark web is here for animal crossing turnips. <laughs> um, so I had to pick up all my turnips. I have to get rid of the, the, the fencing I to like, do the whole, you have to go through the whole thing of, of, of making my island pretty, right. Put out some lamp posts, <clears throat> put out some, some, you know, nice, nice outdoor furniture. I have a whole little park area now, do some more gardening. And so finally we get up to a three star. I'm sp- this is a spoiler. This is a, for real. This is a spoiler. I go, uh, hey, what is uh, what is my Yelp rating, Isabel? How's how's the island coming? I want to note, she would not have done this if I did not check in with her. In mm-hmm. retrospect, I'm glad I sat down and actually said, hey, wh- how is my island doing? Have we got any reviews lately? And she said, oh, you know what? We do. We do. Let me read this one. And it said, hey, pretty cool island. I was thinking about coming to an island like that. Maybe I'll swing by. Signed, KS. <laughs> and Tom Nook goes, what? KS? You don't think... Could that have been written by K.K. Slider? <laughs> oh, okay, one, I guess, I guess it's possible. I guess in the wide world of things. But could you imagine if someone with the initials AW left a Yelp review on a Chinese food restaurant in San Francisco, and then someone who worked there was like, by God, that's Austin Walker. He loves the food. This is the food he wants. Here's the second thing. That's, <laughs> that's his that's, intro music. That's his intro music (laughs) Two If it is K.K. Slider Then he's already been to the island Uh. Because he's leaving a Yelp (laughs) review for it Or he's a liar And is just going around giving three star reviews places In which case I don't want him on the island This is not the part that is uh, astounding to me Here is the part that is astounding to me Tom Nook sees a three-star review from K.K. Slider, from signed K.S. One, jumps to assuming it's K.K. Slider. Two, he takes out his phone and he calls K.K. Slider, (laughs) whose number he already (laughs) had on his
2: phone. (laughs) Fucking bitch ass. And he goes, he goes...
1: Hello? Is this K.K. Slider? And you don't hear the other side. He goes, well, I was just thinking if maybe you could, that would be great. That, uh, that would make my life complete. Motherfucker, you had him on a speed <laughs> dial? And you were like, I know when to call him. It's when we get a three-star review. I think we had a five-star review from someone who might be him. You could have called him at any point. You have, like... Then my friend Janine did point out that sometimes you do wind up with phone numbers that you just shouldn't call. Like you just get someone in your phone, and that right. doesn't mean that you have the right to call them and ask them to perform for you. I I my thought was 100- actually that
3: maybe there's like a form that you fill out when you give feedback to the. I oh, but then in, that's like, a misuse of that form.
1: Right. You cannot
3: exactly. use <laughs> like which of course Tomluck would be like, oh yeah, like we got that number. Now's yeah. the time to call. It, I know that
1: Delta Airlines has my number. If they ever call me to give a talk uh-huh. and they're like, oh yeah, we had your number from the times that Vice made you use them to buy a flight. I would be like, no, now I'm definitely not doing this. Email me. <laughs> uh, anyway, KK came. We did a performance he played while, <laughs> while Bernie Sanders gave his his suspension speech that was sad but and it's truly the
2: most beautiful song too like it's it is. it's so good
1: it's very good yeah, which is
3: why it's I was extra good. mad when I got it I was like got it. I was like yeah great I love that I love this rendition of cuz no. it's, it's the theme song that plays on the start screen when you like start up the yes. game um but then it's just the exact same song not the KK version which
1: you got to go to yeah. see KK perform yeah. in case performances have an aura you have to be there um the the i, I will say one thing that's been interesting for me is still is still tangling with what i want from an animal crossing game and i think i i really enjoy this game but i i've hit more and more of that feeling where there's stuff i know i don't want to i'm not going to do because i don't want to do it so like um i i'm never going to rearrange my house so my houses are not in a very clean grid there is like mm-hmm. a general order, and I like the feeling of them. But, but in the back of my mind, it's like, oh, I could move these houses around more. But like, I didn't want to place houses to begin with. That's not who I am for Animal Crossing. I wanted to. I want. I want the feeling of someone puts their house in an, in a difficult to reach place, and it's a pain in the ass to go check in on them. I want <laughs> some of that in Animal Crossing, and I think it's left me in a very weird place because I realized the one thing that is in this game that I have no control over is the eggs and that is the place that I don't I'm having a bad vibe with that too. So it's like it's like it's like I wanted more tension and less control in this game and then they were like yeah sure here you go motherfucker dig up some <laughs> eggs. What if every time you you dig you could get an egg? Doesn't does that introduce the the lack of control you want? I was like no uh, not like this. This is no, not what I meant. Please. <laughs> um anyone's have animal crossing feelings or can we can we move on?
2: I haven't been because of that fucking Island. The, egg. the the eggs, man, it's yeah, just killing mm, me. Yeah. I, I haven't It really they, reveals like, l- like with my description of it, you know, it just makes you feel like every single thing in the game is an egg, you know? And it just yeah. like takes all the fun out of it while the eggs are present. And it Do makes they, you feel like like it's a mobile game. Like it's right. a scummy mobile game. It just sucks.
1: I I'm excited to see the not eggs in the future That yeah. soon i'm sad to say that today is the last day for the cherry blossoms um wait what uh, yeah you can yeah. see it you today released really spo- or today
3: or today oh right now oh
1: no today right now oh, by fuck. the time you hear this if you're hearing this it's already too late <laughs> it's already um she, i
3: have i've only <clears> gotten one fucking i have like 20 well, goddamn that's because the eggs
1: <sighs> You need to you need to why just sit by the beach and watch for balloons because that's where they come from. Ugh. And you need regular non egg balloons. I don't know why they overlap. And they overlap because Easter is now. Um, right. And and but I would have extended the cherry blossom festival thing just another week or something so that people had a chance to yeah. get those because they're we'll really pretty. Make but, the eggs know, a week shorter. Isn't isn't the something. ephemeral the ephemeral uh, untouchable nature of the the sakura kind of the point of the whole thing? You know, isn't when you think about it. Isn't the that's, fact that you can't touch awesome. it, you know?
2: <laughs> Go fuck yourself! I wanted to. I had big plans for all those recipes. Okay, now uh, I can't do them.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, it's 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 frustrating. It's really pretty today because the leaves are all falling off and like yeah. going into the river and stuff. It's gorgeous, um, but it's but it's sad, you know. Things change. Um, anyone oh else want to talk is- about a video game that isn't? Because I, at some point I'm going to wrap back around to Final Fantasy VII, but I feel like. I've dominated a lot of this early conversation, so it looks like when I'm looking at this list of things people have played, it looks like a lot of y'all are dipping into that control. Um, is everyone yeah. playing the DLC, or you, or Rob? I think
4: you were just replaying. I'm the on game. a free full replay, and okay, just taking lots of pictures now.
3: Okay, good, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Speaking yeah. of, realism. I'm actually finishing up this save that I started where I'm like at the final boss and then stopped, which is something that I do a lot with games that I really really like. Where I'll just get to what I know is the end and then be like, whoo, okay, when I finish this, I wanna be like all settled, like, I wanna have like a bunch of snacks, I wanna make it all cinematic, wanna just like really feel the ending of this, and then I don't play to like six months to a year.
5: <laughs> mm-hmm. You know?
2: Cause I'll totally never know. feel like the right time to finish an experience that I've uh-huh. enjoyed so much. But I decided now's the time because I wanna play the DLC. And revisiting this game, Rob and I have been talking a little bit. But, like, holy shit, that is just a perfectly fucking designed game. It's so good. It's un- It's just, like, we are talking a lot about how good, like, the basic tools you get in the game are. Like, the pistol feels perfect. And yeah. then, like, levitating and telekinesis. Like, you basically don't need anything other than that in, like, the dash move. And you can do every combat encounter, which I know some people didn't <coughs> like. But I love that because it means that every it is a perfectly balanced game where the only impediment to me being better at it is my own skill. Mm-hmm. Just so I mean, I my boyfriend also just got it for the first time, so I started playing it so that I could uh, talk to him in detail about all the good things that are in this game. He just got to the freaky puppets, which I was really excited about.
1: <laughs> They're and very I, freaky.
2: There's something also about, like, the tone of the game when I am trapped inside. I, like, really haven't been – I mean, everyone's been inside, but, like, I am I should not really be leaving the house until tomorrow um, because that'll be when I've been symptom three for 72 hours. Mm-hmm. And there's something about being entirely inside an interior space but slowly gaining mastery over every single part of it until it is, like, you're – your ultimate domain that feels very satisfying right now, I have to say.
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, Kata, go ahead. Sorry.
2: I just really like Control. It's just a good game. That's all. I love
1: it. <laughs> uh, Kata, you've been checking out the DLC. This is the this yeah. is the first story DLC, right? The previous one yes. was just kind of like combat stuff.
3: Yeah, I didn't even look at that. I think it was just an update, actually. The okay. first thing, I believe. Because I think is the... something they said, like, this is the, the first, first DLC... Um, oh, I, I see what you're
1: saying. Like that was like a patch that added a new mode or something. Yeah, but yeah, this is like sure. actually yeah. paid. How paid is deals it? What, <clears throat> what's the what's the deal with it? This is found the foundation, right? The
3: foundation, yes. Um so it takes place uh, you know, picks up right after the end of the 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 game where I guess spoilers. I'm gonna mark here just in case anyone I was just gonna yeah, s- listen. Me- I'm gonna mention some light things, but whatever. Okay. Um spoilers, uh uh, so Jesse's the director at this point, like full on, like uh, you've got that outfit, right? So like you're at this point, just kind of you have um, an incredible beret. Yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> 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 fucking uh, little triangle. It's like the I forget what. It's like it's the the, it's the it's pyramid, the, yeah, the yeah, pyramid yeah, yeah, right, yeah. That's oh, so good. <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, and you get um, I forget what the 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 the, the like beginning of this is already, but. Uh, essentially you are headed, you're told to head back down to where you, uh, at one point during the game met Ati and he was going on vacation. Uh, that's, uh, the foundations of the building, um, and a portal opens up in uh in, in, in one area and leads you to this completely new area that you hadn't seen before that is made up of a bunch of different interesting cave systems and also, um, uh, bits of the astro plane are leaking into this one in a really cool way. Cool. like oh, neat. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, like, great, beautiful, and terrifying at the same time. We're like, once I fucking... It just, I, I opened a door to, like, a fucking... Um, bathroom and then there was just white space and I almost like fell to my death like uh, it's really good good. and uh, god the lighting in this game is so fucking good especially in this part there's this great kind of thing where you know you're expected to be in a building but these cave this cave system feels natural um and at certain points the light is light streaming in from i guess the astral plane is the light source that we're getting or it's artificial light but it's the same temperature of light so it's really creates this great disorienting feeling of like where am i right now like what is happening and so like the part the the whole point of that dlc is then to figure out like why the astral plane is leaking in and um you you get to um and this is all like within the first the first hour but like then it uh kind of opens up you get to this pillar that they call the nail um which is a pillar of like the that rock that ex- that exists in the astral plane that like all the platforms are made out of right mm-hmm. Uh, like it looks like kind of like obsidian or something. I'm not exactly sure if they ever mentioned what specific type of rock it is, but um, there's just one giant pillar, but it's, like, broken, and you have to figure out why it's breaking, and you get a new power. Um, oh, cool. And this was interesting because it feels like the choice here might actually make some sort of... Uh, large difference because essentially what these two powers are one of them is you're able to break through certain type of of crystals there's this new kind of aqua 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 colored crystal um, that you see on walls and blocking off certain paths and one of the powers is you are allowed to break through those and the other power is you um if you see kind of low crystals on a wall you can kind of pull them out uh, almost huh. like Full Metal Alchemist style, like making rocks form out of the ground situation. So they you know?
1: are, are those like usable as platforms and stuff, basically? Or yeah.
3: So for a lot of it is like you're pulling platforms. They have a limited time, so you're trying. You're like pulling platforms, jumping onto it, looking for the next one, and trying to pull it out before the one below you crumbles. Um, and also, there are some on the ground, which if you time correctly, you can. they turn into spikes that you can uh, hurt enemies with, which is pretty fun, but doesn't happen as often as you would hope or like. Also, there are some that are on the ground that uh, basically turn into cover, which is fun. You can kind of oh, that's cool. move around and like yeah. make cover appear in different areas. It is still places where they've placed it, but it creates this kind of... um. There's, there's this new dynamic where it's like you're you can change cover and, like, it feels much more active to, like, kind of pull it up and be like, all right, I'm going to move to that one after I pull it up. And uh, it's a really, really neat power. That's the one that I I picked, obviously. The other one... So here's the thing is, like, from there, it seems to open up. And the path that I took was because I had the power to pull things and uh, to pull things out and not the power to break through things. So I'm really curious how different the other combat encounters are with the other power or whether or not eventually like I've only played like two hours and I think there's um still a cup two hours left I've heard it's around four to five hours of Dlc oh. content so mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever circle back around or not I haven't gone that far and get the second power but at the beginning you're given that choice it's and it's so interesting off, so
1: that's also um, a good I, I I like how quickly we've moved we're like not quickly but there's a degree to which it sounded in a moment like you were speaking about like psychoanalytical like processes of like well either we we break through things or we pull right. things out right, right. like right. we either we either make things that are hidden emerge or we make things that are obstacles explode so we can yeah. get to the truth which is yep. an extremely <laughs> control thing to to leverage you know yeah
3: it's yeah. really it's it's really great and um story-wise there's a there's also a lot of really interesting new tidbits that i don't want to spoil there one thing is that there do-
4: content if we're in the Foundation. Is there ati? There content? hasn't been so far. I, I, is there I, martial content? I per- yes, that's the Good. part that I don't want
3: to say <laughs> any more about. But there is martial content, and it's great. Um, all right, uh, so Chimikano. far it's very interesting. Uh, is there's there also- any
4: explanation for why they all carry Lewis guns?
3: Nothing about the guns yet. I'm sorry. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but there, um, there's also been kind of an interesting look at because this is some of the. Like because the foundation is so old, and it was one of the earlier things that they kind of stumble upon. Like the the bureau stumbles upon. There's some early um, early looks at the structure being different of um, what a director is, and like who like what the Bureau even is in this formation uh, in most, this is mostly happening in like the, the um, documents that you pick up. Cause there's a lot of uh, kind of left behind uh, abandoned uh, outposts from like early, early expeditions into this area. Um, so it's all, yeah, it's been really neat. It's been really fun getting back into that world. I love, I love it. <laughs> awesome.
1: Cool. <clears throat> Anyone else have control thoughts?
4: Just check out that screenshot I posted in okay. the podcast channel. Let me take a look yeah. here. This is a great. screenshot you, you took? Yeah, so this is... So going back to it now, oh, nice. uh, running Christ. with full detail, wow. RTX everything. Yeah, that's good.
3: That's... Oh, wow. Away. I hadn't even that's looked.
4: That's the fucking x-ray light box in her <laughs> iris. That's incredible.
1: There. Wow. We're describing a photo in which Jesse, the lead character, is in the extreme foreground... Uh, and then
4: a number of people
1: are in the background. Yeah, they uh, still are. They're just they're agents. just
4: captivated by the object of power that everyone is staring at. Right. Uh, it's oh, it's right, right.
1: everything is in this kind of, kind of like amber light, this amber haze, um, and there's like it's it's very it's very pretty. You'll have to trust us. Yeah. The detail but, of like the material detail is really good. Yeah. I remember in terms of-
2: Chris Person and I had a really long conversation when I was still at Kotaku about this very specific detail in control that we have never seen any other game get right, but this game gets right uh, the physics of the projectors is exactly
5: perfect. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, you can stand in front of, pro- of a t- projector and block its beam, uh-huh. but you can uh-huh. also knock it, and the beam will distort in the ways that an actual projector would.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, I've never fucking wild. I don't
2: understand. How I've, they did never, seen so do that I've yeah. never seen a game do that before. I've never seen a game do that before. It's absolutely like it's mind blowing. me think about the level of detail in this game
3: it's also wild i'm I'm trying to find it but i saw this thread on twitter that i was doing kind of lowest settings highest settings comparisons and the even on the lowest settings this game looks fucking amazing like they did something there's something about the way that they've designed the lighting and spaces that even like hold up even when you're running this on like the lowest possible uh settings which is really i think this
4: is One reason I've always been kind of into Remedy games because I remember when Max Payne 2 came out, I didn't have a computer that could come anywhere near running it at like its maximum settings, but it still looked fantastic and played like silky smooth on a really like janky ass PC back then. And they really do seem to do a good job with like getting their games pretty well optimized. And they all have just An incredible approach to lighting scenes. Um, I Mm -hmm. mean, Alan Wake is probably the one where this becomes really noticeable where like Remedy, their style becomes all about uh, sort of photography uh, or the dynamics of photography in the way they render scenes um and it's just it's incredible stuff and i think control is kind of the showpiece for that right now um which is why it's taking me forever to replay it cuz i keep stopping and being like oh that looks that looks Damn, really cool that looks good. oh you can really you can feel the texture on that jacket you can uh-huh. wow you can you can see the distress on that uh helmet that <laughs> character is wearing um i also really do enjoy Casper Darling is such a good fucking character there's <laughs> I love I like I love the scene where he's explaining as he realizes that he's fucked up and a lot of people are going to get killed, and he's trying to salvage things with the HRA, and he's basically trying to explain like, hey, for those of you who get one of these, here's why it's important, uh, but there's not going to be enough, and he's like, it's, it's a really like bleak, darkly funny scene. The thing I really love is early on when it sort of starts describing how things went so wrong with um the guy they initially uh intended to be the successor to director trench uh your brother dylan faden and the fact that it's so clear that casper darling makes excuses for the little wonder child they've kept in their basement like torturing into becoming like the perfect director uh and the fact that casper just can't see that like Oh, no, it's this kid might actually be really troubled and maybe outright evil. And Casper can't see him, can't see him as anything other than like a reflection of himself. Right. Casper can't look at him and see anything other than a really bright child. Uh, with limitless potential, who, like him, has grown up in the cloister world of the of, of the Bureau. Uh, and, I, and I do love that bit of characterization that comes out as you start to unpack the story of, like, what happened to Dylan after he and Jesse were separated, right? Like, who, who sort of authored this disaster? Um, and all of that is told through these really good, uh, goofily compelling uh, video sequences that Man, playing it through now, uh, especially in like the, the, the COVID quarantine era, the the weird uh, cloistered energy of the bureau is a hell of a lot more relatable. I need to go back to it. I am a fool for not finishing, and
1: will at some point. Uh, I I still feel bad about it, and and that prevents me from fixing the problem. Speaking of psychoanalysis. <laughs>
2: Um, Hashtag relatable. Uh huh. Uh um, huh. Um, I I got in at the tail end of the Matty Iglesias uh, conversation, oh. and I went to check out his timeline, and he's still fighting. He's still fighting. No,
4: wait. He's he might be on the climate change thing now. You yeah, know he's what? on We're the climate change thing. We're now. not doing this. We're not doing. Okay. this. Not
2: <laughs> not. Speaking
1: of climate change, I beat Final Fantasy 7 remake. Uh, yeah. A game that is that is about wait, climate wait. change to some degree. Should we
3: take a break before we dive into? Let's it? take a
1: break. Let's take a break. Yeah. Let's take a break. We should have taken a break forever ago. Let's take one now. Let's fix the problem in front of us <laughs> instead of feeling shame about it and ignoring it and hoping it'll go away naturally. It won't. B R B.
0: The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
1: <laughs> All right, we are back. We are back laughing. Uh, and I am going to talk briefly about some Final Fantasy VII remake stuff. I'm not going to talk about any real plot details people should go back and listen to our our uh review cast type vibe that we did on monday mm-hmm. uh along with matt galt shoutouts to galt um the only time you'll hear me say shoutouts outs to galt because it makes me sound like i'm <laughs> i'm a character in <laughs> a, at a modern, real, atlas shrug at real atlas shrug that's me <laughs> shout outs to galt you know um i'm sorry to matt galt that 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 he's probably had to live with that for his whole life um uh, it could also be me, me butchering his last name because he's a U in his last name, unlike the, the Rand character. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I beat Final Fantasy VII Remake. People are going to have some th- – I am – I had I played for 40-something hours. I really enjoyed my time. I don't think it's a perfect game. I think that there are some real pacing issues. I think that they they get real bad at – um i think i may have brought this up kyle you'll have to remind me they mm-hmm. talk about how they often turn a single screen into like a dungeon
3: oh like a yeah dungeon. Like, they're used to so okay. From the original yes yes absolutely. there's a lot
1: of there's a lot of sequences in that game where it's like oh yeah this was a cool seven minute uh you know moment that it turns into a 17 or a 27 or a 37 minute dungeon and it's like you don't need it there are some real pacing problems yeah. uh in which in which uh really what it is it's they're kind of transitional pacing moments in most cases where like there's a big event um uh how do you're playing the original final fantasy 7 yeah. now right how far in Honest, are you
3: uh i played like an hour and a half yesterday i'm about okay. to hit the second reactor okay okay um but um, what what i noticed was that the that demo which is like about an hour the like remake demo yeah. like mm-hmm. that takes the first place in like what like fifteen 20 20 minutes, minutes or most, something yeah, at most, yeah, depending on yeah um
1: there's um, some moments where they're in the original there's like this there's big like uh thrust of energy because you're coming off of a big climactic moment. And mm-hmm. here what they want to do is like pump the brakes so that you can go to another like town area and do some side quests and take a breather. Um, and that 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 sounds really good on paper. And once you get there, it's really good. But it can feel really like bad to be like, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go, slam on the brakes now we're now do side quests. and it, it feel it can feel really mm-hmm. bad. They don't do a great job of that. I think they do a really bad job of explaining who some of the principal characters are, which is surprising because they actually do a really good job of reconfiguring some of the stuff at the end of this game to yes. explain big big time lore stuff. Um, uh, Like there's like – there's a lore dump towards the end that I think is actually really, really good and it's delivered in a really fun way. Um, But they don't do the bare basics necessary to explain why some of the key antagonistic characters are who they are or what they are or what their relationship to you is. I had to rely a lot on my own understanding of like who – who some major Final Fantasy Seven figures are is all I'll mm-hmm. say. Um, uh, I don't think that they do a great job of explaining that stuff, and I, they don't. They also don't. It's tough
3: because, like, well, my question is: is this partially like I'm I'm playing playing through even just that first hour and a half of the old yeah. one? There's a lot of like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, that there's you, that it's stuff supposed already to be picked up.
1: Totally, later but this is different stuff. Where some of this stuff though is like. The next scene in the game is a – character. the scene that would have come after is a character saying, here is what my relationship with this person is. Here is what our relationship together is. Mm. There was stuff at the end of this game. The final chapter of this game – you get to the final chapter of this game and PlayStation, it does the PlayStation like no screenshots, no videos. And are like, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> uh, and wow. it becomes the most Tetsuya Nomura like, you know, meta com- – like it becomes th- – Kingdom Hearts in 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 sick, uh, in sick, affect great. in affect not <laughs> literally uh there is as far as I know there is no Kingdom Hearts crossover well it already is because that's how Kingdom Hearts is already right look, look, um, the third uh, one
3: of these remake games is gonna have Sora in it like I'm just be- putting all my bets in now uh, listen it's so I think happen. that there
1: will be I think that I think that there will be a really <laughs> interesting response to the way this game ends because. For reasons I don't even want to talk about yet because the game is, on, is, is coming out today, the day you're listening to this. Um, but I will say that there is like it—it – it is a game that – I stand by what I said on the on the other podcast, which is that you can think about this game's title as a Kingdom Hearts game title in the way that you think right. of like recoded or something, like remake – Remake is like a, is like a, yeah, verb. It's not just like, yeah, keep Final Fantasy, Final, Final Fantasy Seven Remake. Right. Um, it's it a wild of, ending. It is
3: part of a title, not a descriptor of the game. Y-
1: yes. Um, the, is,
3: you know, a different type of descriptor, but a very specific yes. type of descriptor when you put the, something in a title, you know,
1: the things that this game has changes throughout, I think are good in, in a large way. I think, you know, we, we've talked, we talked, uh, you know, there's stuff that changes literally five minutes after the demo. And so right. this is like new shit um and i think i like many of those changes i think that most of the um most of the the new content is really like the new story stuff is really interesting i think some of the expanded stuff doesn't land as well for me and i think uh i i'm extremely uh, torn on barrett specifically for all the reasons i said on monday which is even through the end of the game he he constantly swings hard between racist caricature and one of the rare voices of revolutionary radicalism in video games, uh, mm-hmm. especially in mainstream AAA big budget video games, um that motherfucker has some lines that are like the most this moment shit possible. <laughs> um, I also just cannot stop thinking about this game as in relation to early early 2000s American policy, um the ways in which i I hadn't <clears> hmm. <throat> When you play this game, you think about the ways in which the Bush administration really wanted to go to war with Iraq. That's all I'm going to say. Think about that. Okay. Because that all is right. what this game is doing in, to some degree. <laughs> not, not as like the A-plot even, but as like a, a C-plot in the background. That is what a lot of the new stuff is kind of gesturing towards, huh. which really makes the Mako energy stuff – really feel a lot more like oil and less like nuclear, which I know someone wrote in and said that at the time they read it as, as being about nuclear energy and not about about you know right. oil. Um, but but now it really feels like a fossil fuel story. Um and and yeah, I don't I don't know. I feel like I feel like that stuff makes it somehow even more timely in, in, in some big ways. So it's worth it's it's I think it's really worth playing. I think some of that story stuff is going to leave purists just out of their mind. Mo- just <laughs> Mad in the way that you get mad after you have been called out, uh, not uh-huh. for like not for like doing some crime, but because, like, like called out into the streets. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this is a game that like picks up a bat and like knocks on your door with it. Um, if you If you were an old head and you're like, it was good the way it was. Uh, so have fun. Uh,
3: um, fossil fuel story is like a weird uh, take on uh, cave story. Didn't cave know, story or golf
1: story yeah fossil <laughs> fuel story um so that's my final fantasy 7 remake shout out um i we're gonna need to talk about that game more in the future once once we can actually talk about yeah. it talk about it uh,
3: I'm excited to dig in
1: i want to quickly shout out two other things uh, that i have on my plate one is treachery and beatdown city um which uh was made by uh, i think that's fair to say friend of the show uh sean alexander allen um and and some other folks um uh the it is a 2D hmm, it is a 2D <laughs> retro beat em up rpg set in speaking of timely stuff set in a world <laughs> where a the names have been changed to protect the innocent president orama has been reelected <laughs> to his third term uh, and
3: Laughing both at the change and also the innocent.
1: Uh-huh. Uh the the yeah, yeah, fair. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. No. In fact, though the innocent are the innocent in this case are the person who had to change their names or otherwise be, be taken to court for defamation or whatever. Yeah. Uh President Obama has been has been elected to a third term. Uh and uh mayor in New York mayor uh, moneybags, who just is <laughs> 100% um, uh, uh, Why am I fucking blanking uh, Bloomberg, Bloomberg uh, yeah. Elected to his fourth term um, um. <laughs> uh, Is the mayor of New York And Arama gets kidnapped while giving an address at the UN about – this game like threads a needle really, really well, where it's Mm. like everyone is excited about President Obama's third term. Wow, remember that guy? He seems so cool. Like he he seems like a real person. There's a deep – like that's us up there. And then he goes to the U.N. and delivers a speech about, about the new drone program he's starting. Uh, and it's like, yep, blah, you got it. You got it perfectly, Sean. Uh, and so from there, uh, it, it he gets kidnapped. He gets kidnapped from the U.N. by ninjas, obviously. Poor President Orama. And, and President Moneybags is not doing anything to help. So maybe he's involved Wait, in the president? conspiracy. Sorry, I mean Mayor Moneybags <laughs> Mayor. isn't doing anything to help. Uh-huh. Uh, your character – uh, your character's dad, who is a cop, uh, says like, "Hey, he's like not sending us to investigate the Orama thing. I have to turn to you, my cool kickboxing daughter and her friends, to to go investigate." And so you are like, um, you you and your crew from Brooklyn uh kind of go to investigate the problem and where what happened to Obama. Oh sorry, Obama. Yeah. <laughs> uh and uh on the way you end up fighting a lot of uh people who are just getting in your way and most of them are caricatures of people you deal with if you live in New York, like um dude who wants you to buy his mixtape or Eight. Eight. jogger who refuses to to like run on the side of the of the path <laughs> instead of run or biker for that matter uh who who like does not give give way um uh biker in the in the motorcycle sense also who've become tech bros um and the combat system is a kind of like imagine um double dragon or really double dragon it has like that aesthetic that style of like eight bit era beat-em-up aesthetic except that on top of just being able to throw a punch you can pause and go into like an action menu and spend your like your action points basically on strike attacks and grapple attacks um you have three characters one of whom is like very heavy into the kind of like striking martial arts one of whom is like basically a pro wrestler a retired pro wrestler who has started running a community center uh and the third is the the daughter of the cop who is the kickboxer um, and she kind of mixes or i she's kind of a mix of 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 a couple of different things um and uh, and she like beats the shit out of people in both both styles. Um, I really like the combat. I lean towards the striking stuff. The grapple stuff has like a really punishing counter attack thing that I haven't been able to like master quite quite yet. um, and it's a game that is is just like a really interesting blend of like comedy and action um that that I've really enjoyed. I think some of the comedy is tough because. It's, sometimes you have conversations that are for you, um, mm. and this is a game for you. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is a game that has conversations in it that the people on this call I would be comfortable having, but it's harder to be like it's, – it's hard to imagine, like, the 16-year-old white kid, white dude laugh at some of these jokes because he'd be laughing for the wrong reasons. Um, the real Chappelle mm. show situation, you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, like, there, it, it hits different when you play a game made by people of color, made led by a black man, worked on by, you know, an indigenous person, um, where the, there is a, a black character – where there's a joke about a black character not, like, taking care of his kids, right? And when that comes from – when I know that's coming from those people, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's – yeah, everyone knows that motherfucker. He should take care of his kids. But when – it's easy to imagine the, like, shitty white kid being like, yeah, that's just like them. They never take care right. of their kids. Right. You know? <laughs> like oh. It's a difference
3: but, between it being a, uh, an archetype of a single type of person versus a stereotype about an entire...
1: Right, know, totally. But also, okay. this is a game filled with with black characters, filled with characters of color, um, and that helps a great deal. Um, uh, and also, just fuck it. Like, sometimes it, we should get to the place where we can make games for us. Like, that does not need to be... Right we shouldn't need to, in the same way that that's the case for music and film and, and art in general. Um, I don't, not everything should be built for the market in that way. Um, so that is called treachery and Beatdown city. I'll note. It also has friend of the show, uh, open Mike Eagle, uh, has, has done the theme nice. song to that game. I think it's a mellow beat also, which is very what? funny. It's <laughs> welcome to the waypoint game, treachery and Beatdown city. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so shout out to that. That's on switch. I've been playing it on switch. Um, the other thing I just caught, have you played any Jet Lancer yet?
3: Yes, I did. I, I played it this uh this morning before we started recording for a good amount of time. Uh it's That's been not really
1: out, fun. It's not out yet, but I like that game a lot. That game is like yeah. Hey, do you remember Luftrausers?
3: Yeah, I was about to say, literally. <laughs> Except I don't think, does Luftrausers have the same mouse thing? Because I feel like it did. Oh, I'm playing right.
1: it on Switch, so I have no idea what the mouse oh, thing is.
3: Okay, so it's just like, so think Luftrausers, but when I remember playing that game... You one, control- less
1: Nazis. Just, I want to get it out there. <laughs> way less, way no, less. Do no. you ever think about how cool the Nazis looked? Not <laughs> one of the design aspects of this no. game.
3: uh-uh. Um... <laughs> but uh direct like you're flying that plane and the you you turn around dir- with directional buttons like left and right kind of like spin you uh on that on that 2d plane but in for the pc version at least you have a reticle that you can control with the mouse so you can make really quick like 180 movements which is really yeah. cool yeah um especially um it feels a little maybe a little bit slower a little more forgiving than lift browsers did in the f- in the flying uh at least the way i remember yeah. i have haven't played lift browsers in forever um but um it essentially has this very it's got a very anime like there's an anime like um oh yeah style to it and also like the there's like um you 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 get a missile swarm right like there are there's there's lots of like turning your engines off doing a 180 and then hitting the boosters to like do like quick maneuvers um uh and I'm really digging the 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 art style and the, and the play feels really really good. I it looks really great. I aced yeah. the first thing, the first level. Yeah, uh, which is like you get a scores based on um, which weapons you use, how many different weapons you use, your accuracy, and like time. There's a couple, a bunch of different factors. A couple more that I'm not remembering, and whether or not you took any hits. Ace, right. first one. I haven't gotten above a B and everything. Oh else. yeah, it's been rough
1: for me. I got some D minuses recently, and I've been <laughs> upset about that. Have you fucked around with any of the upgrades yet? Have you gotten that far in?
3: No, not yet. I, okay. I, I just beat the first boss and got okay. the engineer, you, which is a great. <laughs> the
1: engineer oh is God. a good character, is all uh-huh. I'll say. Yep. Uh, this game isn't out until for like another another month, uh, but put it on your put it on your list. I think the name Jet Lancer is going to do it a lot of disservice because it's not. It's not as good of a name as Lift Rousers, unfortunately. Right. Uh, but people <laughs> should at least look up the the trailer uh, on Steam. Um, it's also on Switches, where I'm playing and playing with a controller. It feels it feels good with a controller. Cool. I bet it w- it might feel better with mouse and keyboard. But I also want to shout the music because the trailers have like a very like video game like metal vibe uh, in in their soundtracks, but the actual soundtrack has like it has like L ten eleven or Explosions in the Sky meets. Hatsune Miku vibes, not with the vo- <laughs> not with the actual Vocaloid Hatsune Miku, right. but with like that genre of like uh, of pop and rock music, you know, right. Um, right. a lot of those similar types of, of of melodies and and instrumentation. I really, really, really like the sound. Like the fact that uh, there was there was a moment where was like, is this built to spill? What is happening? What is, <laughs> why why is this happening? As I'm flying my anime plane, yeah. um, but it is <clears> and it's good. Uh, so Jet Lancer coming out next month. Take a look at that. Uh, anyone else wanna rob i i know that you're still hitting the the frost the frost punk pretty hard are you still playing the d l c or are you on to
4: no i play yeah so i wrapped up the uh d l c and I'm now playing the uh fall of winter home uh which is actually the d l c from before uh oh, okay. but I just hadn't gotten around to it, which is sort of. Winter Home is a place that gets referred to in just about every other uh, campaign for Frostpunk. It is the generator city where things don't go well and it falls into complete ruin um, and disorder. And so the Fall of Winter Home is a campaign where you sort of take over as the first wave of unrest that got the old uh, supervisor killed and burned half the city has finally ended. And now people are trying to salvage this thing as the winter deepens uh, and before the storm hits. And so unlike the other campaigns where you basically start with a blank slate and you can like build the city pretty sensibly and like scaffold it up uh, pretty easily where the fall of winter home begins is, you have a huge population, very little infrastructure, and the worst laid out city imaginable. Uh, and everyone is cool. already pissed off and you have no, like, they've just had one bloody revolution depose a tyrant and you're just the next man up. But it's not like people chose you, right? You aren't like the movement leader. You are more like the assistant foreman and they just shot the foreman and they're like, you're gonna fi- you're going to fix this, right? And that's kind of where you begin. Uh, It's pretty good. I think it still runs into the problem I'm increasingly having with um, pretty much all the Frostpunk expansion campaigns are really prescriptive. Mm -hmm. Like you get a strong sense that there's actually an optimal order that you are meant to discover, but not necessarily a... Mode of thinking that will help you navigate the dilemma you're given. Right? It's like there. No, there's correct answers. There's not a correct right, way of thinking. Right. And it runs into a little bit of that. Nevertheless, though, for a game as sort of simple as Frostpunk is, and where it's mostly about a vibe, uh, I think this mo- th- that model still kind of works. Right. It doesn't have to hold interest for you know dozens and dozens of hours the way a typical more open-ended manager or or city builder game has to Frostpunk just needs to kind of tell a decentish story and it's got it's kind of compelling just trying to see if you can salvage this disaster uh and it's kind of cool having to fix a broken city in Frostpunk as opposed to just Using it's pretty simple construction tools and it's pretty simple, uh, like interlocking systems for how the city works to just create another sort of slowly expanding, uh, ring city. It's kind of nifty having to go in and be like, Oh shit, this is, this is busted and really inefficient. And right out of the gate, kind of the question you have to answer is, do I just develop based on what is already here and try to make the completely nonsensical layout, they've created work for the time being or do I begin demolishing a pretty flawed, but still functional system in favor of putting up a, a sensible one, but that won't be fully functional for a long time. You know, and like this, so the classic example is right now at the start of winter home, uh, the sort of downtown area where there are a bunch of, a bunch of homes, which is the highest tier building, uh, that's all burned to the ground. And then in the outlying part of the camp, there's these huge tent shanty towns uh, set up. And tents have no insulation in Frostpunk, right? So when the weather gets bad, people in tents get sick, uh, and they start ending up in your medical system, and your medical system can't really handle waves of people coming down ill. Like, your medical center can handle five people at a time, or or ten people at a time. Uh, Fall of winter home, you have a population of, like, 500 people i think at the start Uh. and most of them are living in tents as the first cold snap hits uh if you don't play that well you can end up with hundreds of sick people uh hitting up all at once and there's just no way you can create the medical resources to handle that inflow so the question you have to answer right out of the gate is do i just start throwing down basically space heaters for my town. Do I just start putting those everywhere and they're massively inefficient from a coal consumption use, but they will keep those tents warm. Or do I start tearing those tents down and do a full, like all hands on deck thing, trying to basically move the residential part of my town in around the generator. Uh, and don't put any resources into making those that, that town more viable uh, because over the long term it's going to be a resource sink. That's a, that's sort of that, – that's, like, that's an example of the dilemma you're dealing with right at the start of um, Winterhome. It's interesting. I, it, again, was on the list of things that I wish I'd put more time into
1: um, and, I, again, feel like a fool for not, which only makes me not do it at all uh i think you would find i think you would find the last autumn very funny that yeah that i feel like might be the thing because that that sounds like it's a pretty standalone thing is that a place that i could like hop in and play or should i at least get my no i think it's totally it's a
4: totally different game so i think you'd actually i don't think i was particularly advantaged by having played the main game before getting into the last autumn okay um okay it's a completely different sort of game. Uh, the Last Autumn, we just did a show on it over three years ahead, but the, sh- the, the short version is The Last Autumn, basically, it's all about there's friction everywhere in that system, right? Like you can't build the steel mill to just produce steel at a steady rate. Instead, steel comes in waves off of transport ships coming from the Empire. Uh, if you don't handle that resource well, you can either end up with steel piling up around the Ah. docks to the point where the the port is closed, or you can end up with, well, we're out of steel. We, we've got a ton of construction we need to do, but the next ship isn't going to be here till tomorrow. So in the meantime, we've got like 70 workers doing literally nothing, but they still have to be fed. They still have to be sheltered. Uh, and we don't have the infrastructure to really handle an idle staff uh, because this is a a work site. Uh, So I I think it gets interesting and then it introduces labor politics. Uh, A huge part of uh, the last autumn is workplace safety. Uh, The thing that causes people to lose their shit in the last autumn is OSHA violations, basically.
1: Well, Um, I read this piece by Matt
4: Iglesias (laughs) that says (laughs) –
1: some places, you know, you just don't
4: different. What there. works in Liverpool doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work at the Liverpool Generator site.
1: Exactly. If
4: you don't like it, you can go to site 122, God. which is now a, a frost-covered wasteland. <laughs> no, it's uh it, it's very funny seeing how Frostpunk which like a lot of 10 bit games still has a slight, like the politics are kind of iffy. They're, they're a little suspect. Hmm. Uh, and that is true in the last autumn as well, where it's a little bit like the union, everything, everything Frostpunk has the Goldilocks version. And then the, Oh, that's too much. Uh, unions. Good. But too much union, <laughs> bad. Uh-huh, Although right, the version of, of too much union, he- the bad here is you basically co-opt the union as an extension of management. Mm. And instead of it being an actual union, what you have is a management approved union staffed by lackeys and propagandists. Oh, a police union. Yeah. I say. I gotcha. Yeah,
0: the no, alternative
4: is technocrats where you can be like right. you know to handle the workplace safety i don't need to hear from workers cuz they don't have the expertise the engineers have the expertise no they've
1: never been on the on the you know in the actual um, in the actual quarry
4: but uh you know right well there's there's elements of that where the engineers are like no fuck it let us do it we'll fix it but all they're oxford educated so you know
1: what are you going to do but nobody
4: likes the engineers so the workers still get pissed off like the engineers can make the worksite safer <sighs> but they can't actually make people happy that's right because funny. they They don't really care about that. And then one of the funny options late in the game is the um – Dissolution of Privileges, <laughs> where you can click Ooh. the button and you, you declassify the engineers as a special class of workers who are spared certain manual labor occupations. Mm-hmm. You, the, the, <laughs> the picture of it is a bunch of like Poindexter characters being like flogged into the mines by workers. And I'm like, this is good. I like this. That's very funny. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I was not going to go
1: to the question bucket today. But there is something here that, Rob, I hope you know about um, that seems that seems important to you. Uh, This comes in from Shane, who says, did y'all know that Seamus Blackley, creator of the Xbox, is a bread god? Seamus has provided a foolproof guide on Twitter for gathering your own wild yeast to make bread. Uh, there's a thread here that i can, <laughs> that i could link to here uh I will i will link i will link here uh link you to it here it's in the podcast channel uh this is like a multiple this like begins literally with him in the field and a in a picturesque like that's a that's a win. Speaking of Xbox, that's a
4: Windows yeah. back Oh, I've, <laughs> I've seen this thread. Okay. I didn't know this guy was an no. Xbox. Did guy no, did you also? This see- is the
2: inventor of the Xbox, also the guy responsible for Trespasser being so shitty. I'll I interviewed him about Trespasser, and I'll throw that in in the the, the chat really quickly because watching him find his true joy, which is clearly baking bread. Like since Wait, I followed him for this the, interview, is it been amazing?
1: This is the person who made Jurassic Park. Trust this is the lead yes. on Jurassic Park. TV. The yes.
4: sourdough starter of first-person yes. yeah, exploration true. games. True. Uh, I was God. just
2: rereading that interview last night, thinking of articles I really liked <laughs> that I'd done. And uh, uh, okay, here it is. There's but a- like, he got he was into baking bread when I interviewed him about this. And now he's started this thing called Bread Club, which is his own Twitter account oh where people bake along with him and post pictures of their starters oh. and stuff. Oh, wow! Uh, he, <laughs> I DM'd him one time when I was like beginning to get into bread, and he like sent me a Twitter thread he had done with a tutorial for uh, doing a home baked starter uh, sourdough, like before the whole like everyone baking bread crisis mm-hmm. began. It it's incredible. Like this is like a phenomenon well, among tech bros, but he's so genuine about it.
4: Shane Jim continues. Comey being nabbed by members of Bread Club and being like, we are the people who feed your starter. We bake <laughs> your beignets. Do not fuck with <laughs> us.
1: Um, I haven't even the best part here. Shane, Shane continues. Seamus has been baking bread from ancient Egyptian grain varieties in handmade clay vessels over hot embers with yeast from inside ancient Egyptian baking vessels. And here is a thread in which... He uses cultures <laughs> sampled from ancient Egyptian baking vessels to make bread using only methods. I feel like there is a that there really is a, a a line, not even a line. That this is a great deal of work to do to make bread, but I feel I I wonder if it's good. And I also part of me I had to admit part of me is like. Are you allowed to do that? Um, (laughs) I'm that vine?
4: Is this allowed?
1: allowed?
4: Did he he license Uh, those masters from the ancient uh, (laughs) Egyptians?
1: Listen, who gets to who gets to bake the ancient Egyptian bread? Apparently, it's the father of the Xbox.
4: (laughs) So I have seen so many of this dude's threads. I never clicked on his profile. I was like, it's the bread guy. It's the bread guy. (laughs) And then his,
1: his his Twitter bio is they say you're the father of the Xbox. So I say if it moves back in, it's paying rent.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's such a dad. He did He's also DM me a pro, pro of nothing to ask me why I had a, a Gen X symbol, my reality bytes ha- uh heading on my Twitter profile. He was very confused why a millennial would appreciate that movie.
1: Okay, one, oh I watched God. I watched oh two gosh. things. I watched the the uh Reality Bytes trailer. Two days ago, it's uh, and thing. also also fell down a hole reading about uh, the the uh, incredible video um, for Lisa Loeb's "Stay," uh, which was what kind of catapulted her to fame. Was that that was the song for the um, end credits of Reality Bites? Did you know? Do you know why that song is in Reality Bites? No. Have you seen the video for that song?
2: No, I'm really like it. Been. I've never go. seen the video for this song because I don't like the song. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I
4: don't like Reality Bites. Okay, well, we're reality really in company for Reality Bites is a today. perfect
2: movie about two horrible shitheads choosing each other so they don't inflict their awfulness on the rest of the world anymore.
4: Um, so you think you think she's as bad as he is?
2: Oh, she's obviously as bad as he is. The way that she Rob talks Rob is looking around Nade the room Garofalo, as if this is... <laughs> like when Doreen Garofalo offers her a job because she's just been laid off. That that set me against her forever. She just immediately shuts her down. It's like I'm not going to work at the Gap. Like she's too good for it. Ugh, I hate her in that movie. But she's perfect <laughs> for him because they're both terrible.
1: Well, you- the song "Stay" uh, became a big deal and 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 kind of uh, anchored that very good soundtrack. That soundtrack is good. That soundtrack is a, is a cornerstone of of American alt rock of the '90s. Um, she lived across the street from Ethan Hawke, Lisa Loeb did, and I guess they they like met through the theater community, and she had been playing Stay at her shows, and so Hawke gave a tape of that song to Ben Stiller during the making of Reality Bites. And Stiller agreed to use it on the soundtrack and in the credits. This isn't even the wildest bit. The video, which I've just linked to you, which is, again, a very 90s video. It's a a single shot of her singing this song about a a breakup, walking around an empty apartment. One is shot in her New York apartment. Two is shot by Ethan Hawke, the actor (laughs) – Three, the cat that appears at the beginning and end of this video is Ethan Hawke's cat. Ethan Hawke's unbelievably well-behaved cat.
2: Wow. I love this. I love this so much. This has just made one of my favorite movies like a thousand times better for me. Yeah. (laughs) I love uh it.
1: So that is that is the hole I fell in this week. That's my where, where quarantine. Is this, part,
4: this apartment these is really nice good. As as the also, cameras, yeah. too. how much is yes. going for <laughs> these days? <laughs>
1: this apartment is
2: huge. huge. Nice, huge. Like up there. This is like she has enough this is like up space. practical
4: magic levels. Of,
2: like, yeah, she has enough porn. space to run through the apartment, which I can tell you I do not have in New York City. So.
4: <laughs> No,
1: um, well, it's the thing is, I have enough budget to run through my apartment. What I don't have the budget for is to pay for the emergency room <laughs> visit that would come after when I inevitably break my leg on something. So <laughs> <laughs> how oh cramped it is. God. Um. Yeah. Ethan anyway,
2: Loki, the coolest on multiple guy.
3: pillars. Are those
2: I
1: marble? Know. What is that? that? Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know what Lisa Loeb's financial situation was, that she could live in a place like no, this. No,
4: this is how it was in the 90s, man. I guess so, This is what man. sitcoms have told me, is yeah. like there was always, if you just looked hard enough, you could find there the was spot. some palatial... Yeah.
3: Oh, I'm in Honestly, a loft know, in the... Yeah. I know an old professor, uh, an old art professor that has a place like this that he pays $400 a month for because he got it in the fucking... Like, 70s, so...
2: I'm gonna make a suit oh, wow. out of his skin. Fuck that. Like, I found I don't live it. That yo. Me, Wait, I yo. found it. Actually, yo. that's not true. Yo. Someone
1: else found the actual... Uh-huh. Me, I found it. Go to findery.com. Actually, someone else put in the work to find it. This is my discovery. Uh, I discovered this. You,
3: you found this?
1: I found... So this, this is, is mine. I, this. I made this. Um... This, yeah, this, is the, is, uh, this is it. I want to know how much it is. It's a gorgeous space. It's huge. This is like a gallery space. It's like the modern yeah. video of this. Yeah.
2: I mean, this was like, let's uh, be real, the amount of space that was, the amount of like broken bed frames that are in that video. This was a place where she and like 10 other people lived.
4: Probably. Right. Probably. Right. Yeah. That makes sense right? to me.
2: This was that probably like an artist collective of some kind. Like, Maybe she I, had
4: a bad back and just like needed different <laughs> beds.
2: Sometimes you need a sleeping bed and an eating bed.
1: Uh. <laughs> God. Um, we've gone way off the rails here. I hope everyone
4: is. James
2: Blackley <laughs> whips. Reality like, bites good. It was his
4: thread is the reason I'm scared to make a sourdough starter, by the way. There's Wait, a point why? where he's like, because when he was like, oh, I'm out in a field in England, uh, already a dangerous place to be, as movies have informed me. Uh He's like, ah, I'm, I'm out in the, I'm out, I'm out in the field, and I'm using wild yeast. And then, like, cut to two days later. There's like some sort of black, unholy sludge, like burbling away. He's like, "Don't eat this. It could be bad. But if you scrape off the, if you if you scrape off the burbling hell mass, there's uh, good yeast under there." I'm like, I don't want to have a burbling hell mass in my bread bowl. I would rather uh, just have nice, safe, delicious starter. Well,
2: that's God. different, right? He's in like the middle.
4: Of, yeah, no, he's doing hardcore. He's like on right. the game plus. Blocks. He's
2: like hand. He's like <laughs> milling his own flour and stuff. My he's, Kitchen Aid just showed up, so I'm ready to get which in. Which one did you right get? Did you
4: get like I a got the, the mini one.
2: A, I got the, the okay. mini professional one. They they have a a three and a half quart version of the professional grade five quart. Uh, bowl version and I, Damn, I read nice. the reviews for that and they were like it's the same exact machine with a smaller bowl and if you only perfect. are making batches for like a, like two or three people that is perfect and it was only 200 bucks so since I got paid recently I, I grabbed it and I'm ready I'm not going to be nearly as hardcore as Seamus Black there's not going to be any personally milled flour in my apartment <laughs>
4: But <laughs> cut to <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Keita the- Kita, this would never happen to me <laughs> god
1: God. Incredible. Well, I'm glad I, I'm glad we could we could go down this rabbit hole. Uh if you have more bread tips uh about about bread makers that we should be paying attention to, you send it in. It's your number one Remember bread when we all
4: laughed at all the weird shit in Death Stranding? Like the people are obsessed with like growing weeds <laughs> and milling it? Uh-huh. Uh Corey
1: writes in and says, months after its release, would you recommend playing Death Stranding? I wanted to <laughs> oh play it God. during release. I
2: oh. know, then- I was also thinking about this about getting back into death stranding and i realize i can't do it because Hartman still sounds like james kennedy from vanderpump rules to
1: me mm, okay
5: yeah. <laughs> i'm just
2: never gonna be able a to good engage
1: reason. with that <laughs> yeah uh-huh. a good reason <laughs> not oh, to engage God. uh yeah it uh yeah i'm thinking about going back to it i have this void in my my life now that i'm done final fantasy 7 and I'm still playing Animal Crossing, but Animal Crossing is obviously now in its like maintenance form. It's in its like daily check-in more than big projects. Um, so may- maybe I should go back to Death Stranding. Death Stranding, control, Frostpunk, Final Fantasy Tactics, which they should put on a modern console, please. <laughs> they haven't, but I want to play it really bad. Anyway. Replay it really bad. I just want to be clear. Uh all right, so that's Corey's question. Listen, I'm just going down the I'm going down the hole now. We're gonna we're gonna Yeah. Let's just hit some more questions. If you have questions, you can send them to gamingadvice.com. This one comes in from Ryan from Kentucky, who says, I'm in the fortunate position of being able to afford a new gaming PC. However, I can't shake this thought. Who am I to spend $1,000 or more on something purely for entertainment when I could donate it to pandemic relief efforts instead? On the one hand, the cost of a PC is a drop in the bucket compared to the resources that are needed for the pandemic. On the other hand, part of me would feel guilty about making a luxury purchase at a time when millions of people are suffering both physically and financially. Giving to a charity is a personal decision for everyone to make, and I mean no judgment towards anyone about this one way or the other. But I would love to hear your thoughts, uh, what you, hear your thoughts uh, on how you approach this issue in your own lives. One idea I've had is simply to impose a charity tax on myself, like for every gaming purchase I make, set aside an additional 10% for donations. Thanks for all you do. Ryan from Kentucky. Um, I have like a compatibilist answer here, as is often my way. But I'm curious mm. if other people have sharp takes.
4: I mean, Ryan came up with a good solution, mm. right? Like, Which I mean, is the charity I, tax. Yeah, like that's not a bad way of like sort of resolving that tension with within yourself at the at the same time, like. uh Game PCs are fun. This is a time when we need <laughs> distraction and entertainment. Like I don't, I don't know, I don't know what your situation is with with entertainment. Like, is it frivolous? I don't know. Like you're you're gonna be inside for months probably. Yeah. Uh, so to an extent, like, does this make that easier to handle? Uh, that's not a that is not the most. Fr- there has never been a less frivolous time to like buy yourself a nice PC so you can stay inside and play video games. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Um, the thing I was going to suggest is to is to check to see if anyone is a local builder. Um, I, I like know when I, when my computer goes bad, I can always take it to a place. But I also know someone in Astoria who just runs a PC shop out of his garage, um, and like that has been the person I've taken my PC to when things have gone bad in the past. Um, and like, if you could find someone like that who is still operating, they probably need the business. Um, mm-hmm. I know that that's not. I know that that is very much. A luxury i have uh that is afforded to me by paying new york rents and living <laughs> up here um and that, that is not necessarily the case everywhere uh, but it's probably worth checking on on you know your Craigslist or whatever to see if there was someone who does local PC repairs and builds because then you could at least be literally putting that money into somebody else's hand to some degree. Um, obviously, they would still need to be buying the parts wholesale, and you know you'd still be supporting whatever big company. But listen, people are working everywhere, and people are going out of work everywhere. Um, it's it's hard for me to it's hard for me to say that like you supporting uh, making a purchase at this point is is a bad idea.
4: I like that you just want to funnel that money into the guy economy.
1: I want, listen, I know a guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, guys are suffering now more than ever, Rob. I don't know if you've been out here, Uh, but. not just general guys but you know a guy's you know what i the, mean
3: the know a guy's sure the know a yeah, guy okay. if you if you're a know a guy if you know a guy you're veering into some territory i'm not sure you no, i was
1: the down. joke that was the bit that was the bit i was doing <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh. the the you know a guy guy right now that's a that's a tough gig to have <laughs> because that's all about that's all about people to people contact that's all about you leaving a good impression and getting no, a good recommendation in You're not and you to can't do any that's what i'm saying you can't do people to people contact right now <laughs> you can't you can't do the like yeah my uncle my uncle has a friend situation right now it just doesn't play out um, i hope that helps you Ryan uh, we got one more here that i think is important um, I do. I do also have a brief. one. someone wrote in, uh, Caitlin wrote in to be like, "Have you all seen the 2020 Emma?" Like two days before our Emma episode <laughs> dropped. Uh, so I hope that I hope that Caitlin was was pleased by that. Um, this is this is speaking of Emma. Speaking of Jane Austen, uh, this last one comes in from Joua, uh Joua, I believe is is how you pronounce this. It's the Portuguese version of jo- of John. And sometimes I can kind of hear an N in there, even though there's no N in the actual. Word, uh, but but Joe writes and and says, uh, I was hearing the episode about Emma twenty twenty uh, and I was talking with my sister about the Jane Austen's adaptations. She reminded me about probably one of the best ones that is out of outside of your radar. The 2018 Brazilian soap opera, opera uh, adaptation of Austin's five books Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility, Emma, uh, Northanger uh, Abbey, and Lady Susan, uh, which is called, or, I'm going to butcher this, apologies, Orgula uh, uh, e, uh, pa, hmm, hmm, e uh, I can pronounce this last one. I know I can. Paicho. Or orgulho e paixão, which translates to pride and passion. I'm sorry for, for butchering this Portuguese. Uh, I'm not telling y'all to watch this, uh, as soap operas tend to be very long, and I don't know if there's English subtitles for this show. But I'm <laughs> sure you would find this weird mish, uh, mashup at least interesting. I'm sending you a BBC article about the soap opera that brings some cool subplots, uh, such as Bingley signing up to clandestine fight clubs. Enjoy. <laughs>
4: That, is the, that is the most bingley fucking thing to do. That is the most
1: bingley thing to do. That motherfucker would love to sign up for a clandestine uh, fight club. Um, I want to see. I want to see at least some of this show this because. Archie Andrews, I, it's,
4: <laughs> God, fuck off.
5: Yes. He is. <laughs>
1: uh
4: huh. Oh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> uh huh. Oh my God, is Darcy Jughead? Yeah. Oh my God, Darcy's yeah. Jughead.
1: Huh? Wait a second. It all oh, comes together. <laughs> huh? Anyway, so this then, seems jing. like a dope adaptation. Demand <laughs> it's it has been deemed not suitable for children. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, people should just know that this is out there. Uh, or, that's all. E
3: pais, paisao? paisao. paisao? I never, I, I, yeah, I'm. I'm glad I'm always.
1: not the only one. Yeah, this is like so show. It's so close. This is right. pie show because it's an X pie in there.
3: Yeah, Probably pie show or something like that. I, that sounds um, right. My Portuguese pronunciation is bad. Uh, it's a different language, you know. Yeah, well, they're so they're so close to Spanish that I, so those are like oh, I can read like eighty percent of the words most of the time. But
1: right, but you're then you're always, like well,
3: that's that's a new one.
1: <laughs> thank you for writing in uh, all of your questions and comments as always you can do that by sending them to gaming uh real quick rob is your spread situation still up in the air you still haven't committed I just need to yeah i'm, I'm still update. like
4: because okay. i'm been, i've been hesitant i've got now yeah. a lot of good i've got a lot good. of good leads keep sending those leads um, to rob yeah uh i need yes, to, uh,
1: yes. i will i want a real update next week rob i want a real sometime <laughs> next week i want i'm giving you homework and it's well we got we've got friday off Right. So
4: it's t- like it's go bread time.
1: time. Yeah, it's go time, time for sure. Go time, bread time. All right. Uh, speaking of go time, it's time for us to say fuck capitalism and go home. You found me uh, on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. We're going to we find you, Rob.
4: Oh, I'm not on Twitter. Um, oh, as good. You probably can tell. I just, you know, it's a lot of foolish Twitter drama. Yeah, on, I would stay away Twitter. from all I, that I, if I could. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's <laughs> going on there.
1: Yeah. OK, uh, Gita, how about you?
2: You can find me on Twitter at XOXO GossipGita, and for a time I was promoting my Instagram, but where the fuck am I going right now? So Yeah, whatever. not so
1: much in the yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. No. Uh Cotto.
3: At A underscore Kato underscore appears. Follow
1: everything we do. Twitter.com slash waypoint, waypoint dot com. Uh as always, thank you to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP "Pale machine. Find out more about that, waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. We'll be back on Monday with more stuff. I don't know. I don't know what's popping on Mondays. Anything? What's the what's the release situation? Are we are we out of releases right now? Game oh, releases bit, right? 2020. I don't little, think little, we're little. we we do not think we have anything big hitting. Just got to uh,
3: got to play that Final Fantasy for everyone to have Yeah, that's
1: the the thing that I'm so. excited for is everyone playing that game <laughs> because I want to hear what people think about that game. Um so I look forward to that. I hope you look forward to uh, uh the weekend. I hope everyone who is out there still working, doing essential work or, or doing work that you can't get out of or doing work you need to do to make rent uh, is staying safe. Um, I hope everyone's families are as safe as can be our condolences to those of you who've already been impacted uh, by COVID-19 and, and please know we're in this with you, you know, solidarity in this moment is, is as important as ever um, across all of the many fights we have to have. So know that you're in our thoughts. Uh, please keep us in yours Um, It really goes a long way. Your support means the world to us. So thank you again for that. Uh, All right. That's it. Fuck capitalism. Go home. Peace.
0: The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
4: Mina, that is a foot file. Stay away from <laughs> that. <laughs>
2: <That's>... <laughs> oh, boy. Let me start uploading my file now oh, so that so far, I, I don't forget to do it. Was it 305?
3: 305. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Did you? Did you? Were you able to recover any of that original file, or am I going? to No, get off the backup? I was not. Okay, no not worries. A lot, but. Cool, cool, cool. I've 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 got a backup, so I can <laughs> figure that out.
2: Well, this is what a weird episode. Good, anyway, energy. Right? Good, energy. Yeah. <laughs> good energy. Good
1: energy. Good energy. Good episode. Good
2: energy. Just <laughs> felt like it felt like a chaos episode, but oh, in yeah. a good way. Where it's just like, hang on, we got a lot of shit. We well, need to get it. out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. And oh I
1: gotta boy. make some fucking coffee. I'm a yeah. mm-hmm. big fucking mm-hmm. mood. Uh, Kata, do you have a backup going? I have. I think I have a backup going. Yeah, I yeah, do. I, I do. Just so. in case. But okay, good. Um, should we wait until Gita's back? What's going on? What's her play? Yeah, we'll we'll wait we'll a couple minutes. We message yeah, yeah. Gita. That was good.
3: Oh, let's see.
4: Um. Okay. All right. So, best time that is. Time that is. Did well, we uh, lose that recording as well?
2: No, Kato says he has I backups. I just got it. I was gonna say y'all okay. could
4: keep
3: talking, but I guess since you we can do. keep yeah, we uh, just clap. You just yeah, yeah, said you my Let's name while second. I was
2: trying to clap. All right,
1: uh, Gita, you ready? Uh,
2: no, I have to do this collab with Kato. Hang
1: on. I couldn't tell if she said hold up or not. I think she said hold up. And so what I'm gonna do is remind everyone of the terrible Matt Iglesias piece from only seven years ago. Gita, welcome back. We should do what time dot is.
3: I did it. We did yeah.
2: it. We did it. Oh, you all did it done. already? Yeah, off, we were doing mic. it.
3: Into our record, our respective oh, Magical. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it.
3: I like <laughs> it. I actually do need to use the restroom, so I'll be right
4: back. Okay. There. We'll take a real break. Biden gets an F from Sunrise Movement for a reason, Matt. Uh huh. Yeah.
2: Listen, it doesn't matter in the terms of climate change if one is a little bit less bad than the other. We're both, we're all going to die. We're all going to fucking die. <laughs> Oh uh, boy!
4: That being said, I do wish like there were less reflexive nuclear plant skepticism on the yes. left. That, I do. That wish shit. That shit there. seems good. Wait, what? Did sorry, I looked away for a second.
2: Nuclear plants for now.
1: Oh uh, wow, we should build so some. Well, we're
2: transitioning to out away from fossil fuel, I think Designs it's tough. a lot I think, better.
1: I, I think that there is a degree to which I I I'm very torn on it because there's a way in which each nuclear plant is a handcuff um to the nuclear plant um but fair but i also feel like i yeah i don't know i want to be- i want to believe i want to believe i want to believe and then it's hard when things like fukushima happen to not
4: be terrified yeah but even even the scale of fukushima like that's the thing right is like it is a bad and scary disaster but it's still dwarfed by the scale of like the disruption that climate change can bring right oh absolutely like,
1: oh absolutely I, yeah again but uh, but you know we're, we we could have the lesser of two evils conversation so many times and it's tough to it's tough to i'm with you i'm with you i think i don't know i don't know it's 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 one of the issues that i am the most out on in terms of not having a final feeling um uh which is which is pretty rare for me, but Cotto, are you back? Kato's not back. I have a
4: dog sleeping at my feet.
1: Aw, Mina.
4: It's so good. I'm so glad that we got Mina before this all went to shit. Oh god, the time there could not no have been better for sure.
2: More adoptable dogs in New York City. Can't adopt a dog.
4: Yeah, that was uh Sure, like I, I grew up with dogs. I, I love dogs. Sure, do love the way dogs are a luxury item for people who own their own home, because landlords hate them. Why am I reading the
1: thread? I should get out. I have to reject <laughs> this thread. I reject Just it. Press are, X. are you in the? Are you in the Iggy mines? I yeah, and I should have left. I should have left the mines when I stayed in. I stayed in too late. Sometimes there's good takes in there. Yeah, sometimes there's gold in the hills. <laughs>
2: There's golden them their Hells.
4: those take Hells. Those take hills. I do love that his uh, his avatar right now is wearing a mask. In that means your bitch ass Va- is
2: outside. Get the fuck inside. Well, and also
4: though, Vox ran a story that was like masks don't work. Uh huh. Because there was like there because there was like a disinformation <laughs> campaign uh-huh. around like we need people to not buy masks. So let's just say they don't work.
1: It was a it was a real fucking did you, uh, have you been following uh Zaynep's stuff on on Twitter around the mask stuff uh
4: no I you know what I keep seeing their retweets but I don't actually follow I need to follow Zainep
1: Xenep good um you know, you know not not uh, no one is a hundred percent uh Zaynep is 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 a very strong follow though um but specifically on masks um, uh i I believe Xenep is she her and I'm gonna use she her pronouns uh she has she was like one of the first people beating the drum that was like, masks aren't useless. You have to stop saying that the masks are useless. Masks are important. We need mask culture here. What we don't have is masks currently. And so, yes, like the N95s should be going to healthcare professionals, but the, the broader problem here is, is that, or, or, but we should not along with that, pretend that masks don't help the situation they extremely help the situation and are part of of why uh the response in certain communities or certain certain nations has been stronger is because they already had a a mask culture um and and we need we need more of that i'll find the thread and and link it to y'all um it's a good it's a good thread she was very very mad specifically at stories like that one
4: yeah
3: are you back i'm back hello yes (laughs) We great. got
2: mad at Matty Iglesias for a little bit, but we're good now. Cool. Mm-hmm.
4: It's fine. It's right. fine. Um, we should. Probably, do we need to put all this in? The, I don't know. This has mm-hmm. been a weird show. It's a weird, this show. Is a weird show. It's a weird show.
2: <laughs> you know what? I wish I was a cat.
4: Yeah. We. M. K. And I were having this conversation about like how good it would be to be Mina.
2: How good <laughs> would it be?
4: It'd be great. What? What pandemic? Time? Yeah. Right? Oh, do you mean this
1: great reward of all of the people I love just being around and needing affection? Yeah, I love it.
4: Well, and also like we are so terrified of my cat uh, my dog's growing boredom that we are just like throwing money at like dog toys. <laughs> oh, like yeah. even ones that are impractical. Like we bought her a puzzle board the other day because right. we're like she's she's smart. And she's growing and she needs uh, stimulation. So here's a treat board that is all full of like wheels and gears that she has to figure out. Entertained her for like ten minutes. <laughs> she but that, it was a good ten minutes. She she's that, real happy. She
3: got that treat though.
4: Uh she got all the treats. That was the problem. <laughs> oh wow, fuck. It was truly. like yeah, it was like levels of difficulty and she was just like truly the uh-huh, smartest dog. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's rough
2: uh this this how are you
3: how are you you feeling after how's life after covid (laughs) life
2: after the roni oh man (laughs) um i honestly like as soon as i stopped being incredibly tired all the time i was like started getting freakishly motivated (laughs) it was like really really intense yeah i like (laughs) very suddenly realized um like, oh, I can make being stuck at home very pleasant for myself. I can get into all these crafts and like <laughs> uh now I have like several different embroidery kits in the way on the mail to me and I bought a kitchen aid and like I'm really excited. A to, like, kitchen
3: aid store. holy I shit I bought it a- Hell Okay, yeah. so
2: I got paid five thousand dollars while I was sick for this writing thing I also was doing. Great. Uh, That's freelance sick. Yeah. Uh, and they owe me another five thousand too, which is the best Damn. part. <laughs> yeah, I have to finish revisions for them. I was supposed to do it yesterday, but I didn't. But I also it's like not a lot of stuff that I have to revise. Um, and then they will give me another five thousand dollars. So in the meantime, I bought a KitchenAid and like a bunch of stuff that I need that I didn't have, and a lot of books. Bought a lot of fucking books. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> so many fucking so, well, I guess books. We have,
3: we have time now.
2: Yeah.
1: Everyone time enough time. at last. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um okay. I am recording.
3: I feel like I'm hearing an echo sometimes and I'm trying to figure out where it's coming from. Anyone Oh, hear you know that? what?
1: I'm I'm a little I'm a little high because <clears throat> I was on another podcast, so I boosted myself there. Um and it might be bleed. It might be bleed. Okay. I Ugh. lowered myself. Let's see how my files look. I look fine.
3: Okay. Looks good. Sounds good.
2: Now Ella wants to be let out because she is upset that I'm not petting her. Mm. <laughs> you know, I get Go it.
3: Find pets elsewhere. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Follow your bliss.
1: I'm also hearing that echo coda. Weird. Yeah, mine also showed oh, up, Yeah. Eta.
3: Hell yeah!
2: Showed up yesterday, literally yesterday.
3: Oh, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Christ, It'd be like that.
6: Ugh. Uh,
1: Three o five, Kado. Yeah. Is that right?
6: Yeah. Three o five. Uh, y'all ready to clap? Wait, Rob. <clears throat>
3: Yo, what's up? Okay, you're coming in the wrong mic. Uh, This this might be where the echo is. That's where the
6: echo is. Yeah. Might be. Okay. Yeah. We'll do it. All
1: right. That sounds better.
3: Yes, that is that is the correct mic. That's oh, that's right. the soothing tones of Rob. I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Um. If y'all are ready to clap, let's do it at uh forty seconds. Oh, what? <laughs> okay. Well, then we're just not gonna do forty. Forty. We're 40, only, forty. We're not. Damn let's, it! Do you know. <laughs>
3: I made it we in time to too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
6: 55 all right do we want to do we want
1: to talk bernie stuff up top do you want to talk about the campaign
6: might as well all right